What'd you pay for this? It's personal. Personal? What are you, insane? It's personal. Everything's personal. Personal? God. Now let's go back already. I'm uncomfortable driving it. I'd nah. like to go back. I'd like to go back. No, we'll go back in a little while. Drive a little bit more. This would be worried about their transmission. Amco, double A, MC. Hey, it's a stop sign over here, okay? What are you doing? Hey, talk to these fucking Hey, fuck you, Larry. There was a radio, Larry. Where's the radio? Hey, what are you nuts? You idiot. Get the license plate. Get the license plate. Um, for why something? For why something? For why something? I'm Ray. And I'm Ben. And you're listening to Do You Respect Wood? A Curb Your Enthusiasm Retrospective. In this podcast, we're going to take a deep dive into Larry David's hit comedy series, Curb Your Enthusiasm. There's certainly going to be more than one stop and chat as these two schmohawks dissect every single episode of the show. So sit down, have a donut, have a bagel, and enjoy. Milk and coffee. Right, welcome to this week's episode. We are going to be covering uh, Season 1, Episode 7, which is titled Amco. It's written by Larry David, directed by Robert B. Wade, and this his original air date was November 26th of the year 2000. Um, I think, yeah, double A, beep, beep, MCO. <laughs> I think, I think, um, I think it's Bob, I think it's Whitey. I think that's how you pronounce it. Whitey? I think so. I don't yeah, know that's for sure, a, that sounds but all of a sudden that hit me, yeah. Well, um, we'll have to get him on the show and clarify oh, that for, for sure. yeah. next time. Yeah, I'm sure he's just dying to talk to us. Um, <laughs> how of, uh, well, first off, I'm excited about this episode. I think as we've prefaced before, this is kind of the, the, the later, you know, the first season starts off strong. There's a little bit of a rut in the middle. And then, you know, now I feel like we're kind of hitting, hitting a little bit of a, uh, I don't know, like uh I just, it's kind of a resurgence for season yeah, one. Yeah, but it continues into season two. You know, like I think it 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 certainly is like on the on the climb. I guess. Yeah, and I'm I'll be interested to talk this episode through. For me, I feel like it's going to be like um, the bracelet mm-hmm. where I kind of went into it not kind of liking it, and after you and I talked about it, I was like I changed my mind because when I went to go recap this episode and I was putting like my episode notes, I was like, you know, I thought. I don't know what it is about this episode. I really thought I liked this one better, but then as I was watching it and taking notes, I was like, I was like, oh, I wanted more to happen. Yeah. I wanted some more stuff to happen, but I think it is really good for what it is. And like, even before we went live and we were just talking about some stuff, we were already laughing. So I think we'll have fun talking about it. Yeah, oh, um, absolutely. In my opinion, might change. You know, it's kind of like Seinfeld or Curb. Like it's some like if if you and I were to sit down and watch it, it would be much more funnier than like you and I watching it by ourselves. So <laughs> right. it's almost kind of like watching it together or reviewing it together. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, yeah, and. Um, the other thing I was going to say is I think first off now it's this is kind of a dated episode because I remember hearing those commercials like back in the day. I don't right. I haven't heard an Amco commercial like in a long time now that I think about it. I don't listen to the radio anymore. Well, right. That's a good true whole nother point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but even when I do, I, I geez, I can't remember the last time I heard an Amco commercial. Um, right. So it comes back to again. <laughs> We're talking about, you know, year 2000 here, so pre-9-11, that's kind of weird to think about. Yeah, it is it is really weird. Um, 
And there's actually funny you said that because there's a there's a line in here that reminded me of uh, a, a later episode from the Survivor with the the nine eleven. Um, so <laughs> I'll, I'll bring that up when we get to it. Awesome. All right, you ready to um, dig in? Yeah. Do you, do you have, have any yeah. curb stories? Um, I do. I you know again mid pandemic here. I'm limited in the amount of social interaction I have, which is unfortunate for these curb moments because I feel like every story I tell has to do with the grocery store. So it's pretty much the only place I go to. Or, <laughs> There's or a Home lot of Depot. meat on that boat. There, there, yeah. there really is. Um, so I'm at the grocery store. Yesterday I had um, thought we would do, my wife and I thought we would do like a taco night. So I went out to, you know, of course get the things in and have ground beef uh, being one of them. And, uh, you know, I think, um, most of the supermarkets now have gone through this system where, uh, they've turned the, the aisles into one ways. Um, and of course, like you try to stay like six feet apart of other people, you're not like congregating in a close quarter. So that's been all well and good, uh, for me, except for these people who, are still acting like they're in a grocery store under normal conditions and they kind of just like lolly, like lallygag or lolly, I guess the word, uh, around like the same area, you know? So for example, yesterday I'm trying to get in and out. I had like five items to get and I'm usually, you know, you know this, you go to the shopping, you know, the place, you know, you write your shopping list in the order of like when you go in. So you can get in and out. So I'm on a, on a roll and you know, second or third item, I guess it was a third item in, I'm at the, where the ground beef is. And I see this couple and they're just like standing around, like looking at the, the whole five, you know, packages of ground beef that were left trying to decide for five minutes between like 80% or 85% lean. So (laughs) I'm standing like well behind them. I look around, I'm like, Oh, okay. I got a couple of things right. Like kind of around me I can get while I'm waiting. So I go and grab a couple extra items you know, so that takes a couple of minutes. I come back. I'm standing in my carriage, waiting, waiting, <laughs> waiting, and waiting, and um, <laughs> and I'm like, these people aren't moving. Like, what are they doing? Like, they're like looking up different recipes. So now I'm like, oh my god, they uh. they haven't even settled on a recipe. Like, they 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 came in here without a plan. Is basically what yes. happened here. So. Um, I was getting so like annoyed. So I'm like, oh, I don't want to sit here. I, I've waited long enough. Like I've done my due diligence on like what the proper protocols are. So I was like, fuck it. We all, you know, had masks on. So I just went in and um, had to basically go right next. To, I practically like rubbed shoulders with the person to grab the meat. And it's like I knew I could see it from there. So I just ran in and grabbed it. And uh, I just anticipated them because I thought people who are like that aloof are probably the same people that are going to start harassing me about not maintaining distance. So I was just anticipating a a total Larry David meltdown where like they harass me about like six feet and I tell them to go fuck themselves. Um, (laughs) But they were like so aloof. They were like, oh, oh, we're so sorry. We're in your way. And I wanted to be like, yeah, you've been in my way for the past 10 fucking minutes. Like, like get your ground beef's ground beef, man. Like you go too lean, you pay the price. You go too fatty, you pay the price. Get some, pay the price. get somewhere right in the middle. <laughs> Eighty five. <Right. laughs> Eighty five shots. Yeah. Now that's crazy. My mother in law had like a similar story, and she was like, I think it was her, and she was going down all these different aisles, and she kept looking over, like where she got to where she needed to be. She saw and there was like this couple, and they were like staring at something, and she's like, All right, I'll go down this aisle and I'll come back. Right. And every time she kind of kept coming up, she kind of kept an eye there, and then like after after a while, she was just like 
all right, well, then I have to just, like, I'm going to break this up and go in because, like, you can't park it there anymore. No. And we've been saying that now with everything going on, like, like how much I used to just, like, pop into a place real quick right. to be like, oh, I'm just going to pop in to get something for dinner real quick. I'm just going to pop. And it's like, no, it's like you need a list. You need to know what you're going to get. And um, I don't know. I think that's a very, like, New England thing. I don't know how other parts of the country are handling this. Like, you know how it is. Like, you will so inconvenience yourself so you don't have to inconvenience other people. Like, I'm constantly, like, you know, if you're, if you're like, you want four lemons and you're trying to bag and then they go, they, you can't get in the bag. You're like, oh, two's fine. Let's just go. Right. Like somebody's waiting or whatever. <laughs> right. and it's like, you don't care. Yeah. But it's like, so it's so interesting when, like, somebody doesn't do that, where they're just, like, they're completely Yeah, if you want to, you know, go do that don't. shit by the specialty cheeses. You can stand there for a fucking hour and a half. I don't care. But, like, yeah, when you're doing that with, like, everyday there. goods, I mean, I'm sorry, we don't, you don't need 15 minutes to figure out what kind of canned beans you're supposed to get. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like exactly. you got, like, kidney yeah. beans, black beans, white beans. I mean, there's certain food items that are, like, it's pretty cut and dry. Right, and they're not going to go bad, especially for, like, canned foods or whatever, right. like, you can't figure it out. One of each. They're they're only a buck a can, <laughs> exactly. and like you'll figure it out when you get yeah, home. Yeah, it's it's infuriating. But again, um, part part of the deal. Take take what you want because it's like either you're stuck inside in solitary confinement, or you're uh, or you're at least. I'd rather be arguing in social settings than not being in social settings at all. Always, <laughs> this is very true. Anyway, what's your curb um, moment? Well, we were talking about. Um, just how crazy it is right now, like certain, um, you know, cities and states are operating like, you know, with people with different licenses mm-hmm. or like registration tags and stuff, like things are like months like overdue oh, because they're right. just like, they've shut like city halls yeah, and stuff. Yeah, like RMV stuff. And um, yeah, um, and so this is kind of a story from one of my wife's friends we were talking to and he said that he was like at the, uh, the DMV and like some crazy stuff that he saw. Um, but basically like there was like this older lady that like needed to like get her vision test, like to pass her license. (laughs) And so, but she had like tremors or whatever. Oh boy. And, uh, like she couldn't like bend over to like look into the thing to see, (laughs) like she kept trying to go down and she was just kind of like, you know, Oh weird. Started like shaking her head for tremors and couldn't go further down. So then like, the uh the assistant was like behind the counter just like do you need help and she's like she's like i don't know if i can do it and so like the person came around the counter the, the counter and took the back of the woman's head and pressed <laughs> it into the machine <laughs> that's amazing and then she had to do like a test where she was like it was like the uh peripheral like vision test where they <laughs> yeah. have like the light that flashes on the, on the side right, yeah yeah, and so the woman's just like, she's like, I don't understand what I'm supposed to do. And the guy's just like, you're going to see a, a light flash on the left or the right. And then, you know, when it when it flashes on one, you have to press the button or say which side you see it on. And she was like, basically like, well, which side will I see it on? And he's like, I can't tell you that. That's the test. <laughs> oh, it's so good. And, but apparently, like, you just need a, a, a baseline score. Right. So she just, like, apparently guessed. And like and still passed. She ended up passing. Oh, so good. That's that's the kind of system I know and love. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Yep. Just like I can't give you that answer. That that is the basis of the test. I just thought that was so funny. that is fantastic. And just the visual the visualization of somebody walking around and just like shoving an old lady's face into like, the machine. It's like Jeff's mom. Just like well, <laughs> well, what? Uh, yeah. You know, what side am I gonna see it on? Yeah. yeah. Well, I have seen those machines before, and they're like, you have to, like, you apply pressure with your forehead, and when, like, the forehead presses it, it turns right, on. Right, I had, I had, a, a, and that kind of reminds me, I went to the, the DMV, I think it was in Mass, and um, 
I was trying to see, and the guy was, had, like, I don't know if it's letters or whatever, and I was trying to tell the guy that. I was just like, somebody had pressed their thumb in it. There was, like, an oil smear. There was, like, a fingerprint. Ew. And I was like, I can't see, like, I can't see through it. Right. And he's like, well, if you can't see it, that's a problem. Like, you won't be able to pass. And I'm like, it's nothing wrong with my vision. There's a smear on the lens. And the guy's like, he's like, the guy's like, no. And he was fighting me with it. And I'm like, I'm not going to tell you how, like, light refracts through oil. I cannot see it. It's blurred. Right. And it's not my vision. It's this. And I was like, do you have a Kleenex? And the guy was like, no, we, 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 we can't tamper with it. And I'm like, <laughs> we're not tampering it with it. I'm cleaning this. And it was like you know the craziest I, that's thing. That's absurd. Oh, my God. That's infuriating. That's <laughs> that's such a curb moment, though, that right there. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, yeah the, I mean, the DMV is basically a cesspool of comedy gold. And oh, you can't go definitely. wrong. That's kind of what I think. Like, if I ever run out of, like, material, I'll just, just, I won't even need to go there. I'll just go there and just sit for a while. Yeah, just with a notepad, just get to work. <laughs> so you, uh, good stuff. Ready to get into this? Yeah, let's do it. <clears throat> cool. All right. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, uh, episode um, opens up with uh, first scene, Jeff and Larry walking down the sidewalk here. It looks like they're uh, maybe coming back from lunch, I guess. And mm-hmm. uh, Larry's carrying uh, leftovers, and they're talking. Jeff mentions that he is buying a 1957 uh, Chevy convertible. Um, and in perfect Larry fashion, he kind of seems like, "Well, why? Why are you doing that?" Um, so if I, f- I feel I always feel like sometimes Larry can't like necessarily appreciate the joy uh, that others get from certain things. Like he finds it right either if not outright repugnant, just like confusing to him and Jeff Jeff likes porn and cars and like Larry just shits all over it I know give the guy a break so um (laughs) you know so you know Jeff obviously says he's been like kind of a dream to have dream car for him cool cars and old cars great uh anyways they're having this conversation uh they walk by a homeless guy our time traveling homeless man that we uh know and love and uh he says uh got any spare change Larry offers his food which was um what is it <laughs> yeah what is it uh it's tuna says, i don't i don't like tuna. i don't like tuna <laughs> i love how he says that too oh, i don't like tuna and uh they there's kind of this awkward ending to the conversation where like larry and jeff are kind of where they're supposed to go and larry just <laughs> awkwardly walks away and just kind of like laughs it off and says to jeff oh he doesn't like tuna like again yeah, implying I- like you're trying to, a homeless guy like you think should be taking any type of food right i'm glad you said that because i'm not a huge seafood person i don't like i like chicken salad i don't like tuna salad right. like i sometimes allison will make tuna tuna fish salad or whatever and i'll, I'll go to like show like you want to bite and I'll, I'll try it every once in a while because i know like in terms of like workout plans and stuff people are like oh if you can just eat tuna like eat tuna <laughs> like it's such a good like meat to <laughs> right, eat and all so that and i'm like i just don't like it um so I, I do get that. Like, and there is that thing where it's like, well, cause you're homeless, you're just going to take anything. Right. You know? And he's not like begging. He was just asking for change. He wasn't asking for food. True. Um, and the, the other day I was out and there was a guy in kind of like panhandling out by like this, uh, intersection. And, um, uh, I had like my wallet that was already out. So I gave him like a dollar, but then I looked behind me and it kind of started like this trend and people were like, somebody handled him a water bottle. Somebody handed him an, an orange and I was just, you know, he's kind of just like taking stuff. And I thought that was like kind of like they were just like handing stuff out and he was just kind of taking stuff. Right. 
Um, I didn't see him deny anything. You know, he's like, I'm allergic to fructose or something. Right. Like I can't have oranges. <laughs> I'm, um, uh, yeah, I'm on low, yeah. low carb diet. And that was, um, what's his face from Veep was allergic to, to fructose. Mike. Um, no, uh, the tall guy. Oh, Jonah. Jonah. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. I forgot about that. Uh, that's awesome. I, um, yeah, no, the panhandling as a whole, it's all, it's a whole thing. It, that's hours of, of discussion. I, I still can't. So I'm trying to think back during the brace. Was it the bracelet episode where we saw this guy? Clement Blake. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> and he, Larry walks by him there and he says, Oh, you don't remember me. The chicken LaRange guy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, I'm still trying to put the pieces together because they obviously filmed this and planned on this these scenes being before that scene. Um, yeah. So we talked about we we talked about that when we did the bracelet that he easily could have said like, "Oh, you're the guy who gave me gum." You know what right. I mean? Instead of like they could have. So it's really weird yeah. how that came about. So I'm still interested in, in the time traveling homeless man, but um, it's I know. <laughs> I love this scene. It's so <laughs> quick, great opening scene. And what's the actor's name again? Clement Blake. Clement Blake. Clement yeah. Blake. Cool. Um, and yeah, it's a good good opener. Kind of sets the the tone for the for the plot of the episode or subplot. And I have another question for you, like um, just about a '57 Chevy. Like, and I was trying to do some research before, but I can't find, everything's just kind of like personal blogs, but it's something about like a 57 Chevy, right? That's like an iconic, you know, it's not a, it's not a 56 Chevy, right. it's not a 58 Chevy, right. it's like that 50, 57 Chevy. Yeah, there always seems like to that. be like a year with these kind of like, I know like, so my dad collects muscle cars, so like I know kind of it's that way with muscle cars, like there's always a year that like really... Like, if you have that year, you know, if you have a 69, um, you know, Camaro versus a 70, like, that's a, it's, it's like a big difference. Um, yeah, that's so interesting. I know. And in, in terms of collectability, I guess, for various reasons that I'm, I'm not a car, I'm not enough of a car guy to know. Yeah, I mean, I remember that, like, there's, I mean, it's in a lot of songs, but I know, like, Eric Clapton's, like, rock and roll hard. He's like, you know, I get off on 57 Chevys and whatever. And it's like, I feel like it's, like, just that iconic, like, yeah. car. And, like, we see it later in the episode, but I was trying to, I was just like, you can't get a definitive answer as to why. I'm sure there is, but, like, you said, you're not a car person, neither am I, but. Um, we'll have to, yeah, we'll have, hear to, that a lot. we'll have to uh, throw it out to all many, our many listeners. I'm sure there's car, a car expert <laughs> in many. there. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, 57 Chevy. Uh, it's a cool car, certainly. Um, I'm trying to remember our buddy Eric's uh, father had a Ford Galaxy that was from Ford Galaxy. the late 50s, wasn't it? I, w- I would say so. It, it looks kind of similar to the yeah. to this. Had like the fins and right, everything. Right, right. Same Similar color too, like that baby Galaxy blue or whatever, plastic yeah. blue, yeah. Um, good stuff, yeah. So we'll, maybe we can ask him. He would know. Uh, he would. <laughs> so we get to scene two, uh, which is Larry uh, coming home. And so he's at home, Cheryl's home. And Larry's kind of walking towards Cheryl's voice. He hears her talking and realizes that her friend, Julie, is at the house. They're outside on the patio talking. Um, Julie came over to return uh, a copy of Sour Grapes, which was um, Larry David's first um motion picture that he wrote and also directed 
um, that came out, mm-hmm. I believe, in 1998. Is that right? Yes. So what's the... I, I, I feel embarrassed to say, but what's the plot to... to of sa- have you seen Sour Grapes? I think we talked about this. We neither of us have, right? I neither of us have watched it, and we talked about it um, probably in the first episode when he goes to the office because right. there was a poster for Sour Grapes. Right. And, but that poster uh, got replaced. The next, yeah, episode. with the the workplace, uh, the, clown. the clown, right? Um, so it says two cousins and best friends, Richie and Evan, go to Atlantic City to gamble. Their bond is tested when one wins a fortune with the other's money. A feud over the division of the jackpot begins. Kind of seems kind of funny. Yeah. Um, 21% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, that's like it's fine. 5.8 out of 10 um, for uh, IMDb. Huh. So, it's a little bit of a. Um, but we'll come to find bomb. out, like, yeah, that Julie, you know, it's this movie, it's the perfect length, basically. That's the only thing it has going for it. Right, right. She comments on the length, <laughs> uh, and uh, it was such a perfect length. And and Larry, you know, of course, says that's well, that's my specialty. Um, length. What about the, <laughs> what about the width? There's some good width in that movie. Uh, I love how he, I love how he just like does not feel afraid to mock people to their face, which is just absurd to me. Um, so of course it kind of gets a little uncomfortable because Cheryl knows both Cheryl and Julie know he's kind of being an ass. Um, so she seems to try to save herself by giving more insightful critiques about oh the expressions on the characters' faces. Uh, oh, oh. <laughs> I just yeah. He just um, I don't. So here's what I don't know is that. Larry assumes that she just didn't like it and couldn't really give any like positive. But I'm I'm kind of wondering that like, it sounds to me like somebody who didn't even watch the movie and just had the movie too long and like had to bring it back and make it seem like they watched yeah. it. I have her comments were perfect length, very interesting. The expressions on the people's faces and fun stuff. Right, fun stuff, exactly. <laughs> mm, fun, fun, fun stuff. stuff. <laughs> so yeah, that tells me that it, I, that's somebody who didn't watch it because I feel like even if you didn't like the movie, at least you'd be able to give some details on like what what you fake liked about the plot like you'd be able to give some description right. of the, the, the story i just looked on wikipedia and i could be like oh i thought that was crazy like what would i do in that situation if like mm-hmm. you and i went gambling and i took your money while you went to the bathroom and won a fortune like right. you know it's it would be crazy i couldn't imagine and like that's already more than just like the like commenting on a movie's length is like so stupid <laughs> it's, and it's, it's like it's so insensitive like Larry wrote it. He directed it. Right. Like he produced. It, like, and you're just like, you go to the house to return it where he lives, and you, the only thing you have is, oh, the length was really right. Good. <laughs> it wasn't too long. Wasn't too short. Yeah, it's so um, strange. And of course, I think it, Larry refers to this. The Cheryl kind of opens Pandora's box by asking how she liked it in front of Larry. Yeah, which of right. course is is what sets sets this all this awkward moment up. Um, and right, Larry says, uh, fun stuff, fun stuff, apparently doing a an impersonation of Johnny Carson, who used to say that a lot. Um, <laughs> it sounded nothing like Johnny Carson. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just love it. Yeah, he's just, yeah, he does these weird, weird little quirky things. Um, so after that, uh, Julie's kind of leaving um, and says, you know, see, we'll see you at the dinner party. Um, Cheryl's having a, or organizing a dinner party, it seems, for that that weekend um, and mentions to Julie that their caterer canceled on them last minute 
for quote personal reasons. Personal reasons. <laughs> you gotta, yeah, you gotta love this. You can say anything for personal reasons. It's amazing. Yeah, nobody ever has to explain by using that excuse, which is why it's such a great excuse. Um, it's personal. Yeah. Another one that is really not really good, but is uh, family emergency. Oh, classic. Um, so. <laughs> Like doing my office, like I'm still kind of like in the growing phase of like my practice where it's like, I mean, I still market and reach out, but like the amount of new patients that come in that like I'll talk to and like they'll schedule like their first appointment and I go to reach out to like confirm or like they're a no call, no show. If they reach out, there's like nine times out of 10, there was a family emergency. And like, uh, that's like obviously something that you're just like, you could never question anybody on, but knowing as much as I do, like where it's like, I could have, you know, in a, in a quarter of a year, I could have like, you know, if I had like 20 new patients, you know, in a, in a month or two, right. like, and the 10 that didn't show up, like eight of those people had family emergencies. I'm like, that's way too high. Oh, that's just time. way too high. Yeah. No, you absolutely. just like forgot, didn't want to come. Something happened, yep, but yep. yeah, personal reasons, right. family emergency. Yeah. yeah. And right. And that's the classic case of people going way overboard in their like excuse making. Like they don't want to say like, oh yeah, I just totally spaced out and blew you off. So uh, right. I don't want to say that because that makes them look like too much like a like a jerk or whatever. So, but like instead, they can't just come up with like a mundane common excuse. They just like go all 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 the way up. They're just like, yeah, my <laughs> like my entire family is like house burnt down. Like we're homeless now. Like they like go over the oh top, you know? Yeah. Um. I yeah. I <laughs> I have that issue with students. Students will always be like, oh my, you know, like somebody like my grandfather passed away or something like that. And uh, in my head, I want to just be like, you've had like three grandparents die this year. Like, how many grandparents do you have? (laughs) (laughs) Just reminds me of Ferris Bueller's uh, day off. So, yeah, why don't you just roll over her big bag of bones over here? (laughs) Yeah, why don't you produce a corpse? (laughs) Exactly. Uh, That's school policy. (laughs) (laughs) It's a great uh, it's a great excuse. So I I totally agree with Larry. You don't have to say anything after that. It just like ends. Right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, Larry, then what looks like he's about to solve the dilemma, which obviously if you're trying to have some party catered and cater backs out the week of, that's a problem. He says um, Jeff's his manager, Jeff Green's neighbor is a caterer. Um, Jeff says she's great. Cheryl, uh, early on in the series, this is a pattern. Cheryl, not a big fan of Jeff. Um, yes. But in less of a way that like Susie and Larry will kind of, you know, argue. It's more of just like that classic wife. Like, I don't like your friend. Um, yeah. It's like Allison with with, with me. You. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, which is, <laughs> yeah. And and I feel like um, Larry does this a few times where he references basically kind of saying, yeah, Je- I know Jeff's incompetent, but if he knows anything, it's about food. <laughs> He knows about food. He knows about food. So he <laughs> says that in this scene, but I feel like I, I know we're going to like continue on and, and see similar lines come up um, about like, you know, well, Jeff's fat, so he must know about food. I, I know one of the seat lines I remember at the country club where it's like, you know, somebody has, you know, t- 10 times the amount of sex as I do. Like, does that mean they appreciate it more? Because Jeff claims he appreciates f- food more because he's fat. Um, so I think it's an interesting, uh, conversation maybe for a philosophy class. Um, I, I don't know, but, uh, I don't know. I, this is an interesting episode for us cause I'm not sure we ever really get another, 
uh, Curb episode related to catering. Ooh. Yeah. And this is, um, um, I don't know. I don't think so. We definitely do. You think? I mean, off the top of my head, I'm just thinking of like when, what do they go to like the Stiller's house for like the, or, or is it like the freak book? True. They go to a lot of parties that are catered. So I'm sure we'll get different episodes where he's talking to a wait staff Good or point. he's talking to. Right. I'm thinking um, of the one with, um, uh, about the, um, oh man, with, uh, Christian uh, with the caviar yeah, with the caviar yeah 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 that's one yeah. That, yeah as soon as you said that I thought of it yeah good point so I guess this is not uh this is the most overt about hiring a caterer um so and the leftovers <laughs> like we'll have like some stuff about like the leftovers <laughs> yeah. when we get there yeah, so. yeah, yeah. which is fantastic so we should probably state because like a lot of times when I go back and I listen to this like I think one thing that we don't do well enough is like Obviously, we're just talking, having a conversation. Like, people may not know us. Like, Ray and I used to work, we used to work for a catering company together. So, like, we, like, anytime it comes to, like, we love the movie uh, Waiting, mm-hmm. just because, like, it takes place, like, in a restaurant food type setting. Um, so, any kind of comedy, like I was saying the other episode with uh, the bracelet, um, with, like, the uh, the doctor's office. Oh, yeah. Um, like, I love that kind of stuff because that's where we're at. Yep. Or, you know, if you hit something that's like a, a school type thing, like Miss Cantor, you forgot to give us homework. You probably have a student that's like that. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. No, it's but a that's great one point. thing that we share in common is like the catering and the food stuff. Right. So anything that comes with that is, is really good. Good point. Yeah. We'll have to be more uh, uh, overt in, in our inside jokes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I can't <laughs> wait to get there. So we get to scene three. Uh, Larry. And- oh, I have a couple other things on that scene. <sighs> All right, go. So, <laughs> so first of all, Julie is played by Julie Welsh. Oh, right, yeah. Um, she is an actress and a writer with very few credits, uh, but she has acted um, in Not Another Teen Movie in 2001, which is like that kind of like scary movie. It's like a spoof, spoof on, on a scary the, movie, right? No, so scary movie was like a spoof on like horror movies. Right. So like this was like a spoof on... Um, you know, more of like a young adult oh, um, movies okay, and stuff like that. Got it. Um, like it would be like, I don't think that's obviously what before the time, but like your hunger games, your maze runners yeah. or whatever, like, you know, it would be a spoof on all okay. that, which is not a lot of those movies that come out anymore. Like there was like that early two thousands where there was like those spoof movies. Were big. <laughs> right. Right. I feel like there actually is a spoof movie, but there's something that's a spoof on hum- hunger games. But again, it, it could have been like an SNL skit. Like that's kind of where it's yeah. basically imagine an SNL skit. That's like an hour and a half long movie. Yeah, it's not like a feature. These were like motion move. Like these were blockbusters right. that would like the, you know do pretty well in the box oh, office. Oh yeah, scary and stuff, movies are classic. Yeah, and they had several, right? So, um, but she was also a writer um, on a 2018 TV movie called The Ghost. So she's kind of still doing some stuff. Was um, there a big gap in there? The, yeah, there wasn't a lot. Like no. I said, I think it was like not another T movie. Well, it was this not another T movie in 01, and then there was a pretty big gap between like 2018 or just like some really small stuff. Wow. Um, but then what else do I have? So the, uh, Larry's, you know, his compulsion about having people over to your house and serving them food, which I think is kind of interesting, but definitely something that now that you and I are homeowners, like, it's like, you know, if we were in a quarantine, like I was really looking forward to like having like a housewarming, like, a let's have people over the house and like, let's show them the house and have people, you know, have dinner. And then I was like, Oh, it'd be nice if we get like a caterer, like not like a sit down dinner, but like if we had you know, I want to be grilling the whole time. I want to be out and I want to be talking to people. Right. So like, let's like, so I, I do get what Cheryl's saying, um, you know, about wanting to have a party. And then am I jumping ahead here? Cause I have that. This is when they make the bet. Yeah. So Did I, even- my mistake, I, I divided this scene into two separate scenes. 
Oh, okay. So why don't you go ahead then? Yeah, no. So, so right. So Larry, Larry goes to call Jeff for the caterer's number, right? Mm -hmm. Cheryl seems like we're in dire straits. We'll take anybody, anybody we can get. Um, Julie takes off and Cheryl and Larry kind of debrief the, you know, did she or did she not really like the movie? Of course, Cheryl kind of naive thinks she likes the movie. Uh, Larry (laughs) disagrees and basically says, you know what? Don't give this tape to any of your friends anymore. Um, And I've heard that he himself kind of was disappointed in that movie for whatever reason. I don't know if that like happened, if he was disappointed immediately or if he was disappointed afterward. But I've heard that that's the reason why... Um, he took down the poster because he saw it after, you know, looking at editing the pants tent episode and he didn't want to see it. Um, so they like replaced the poster. I don't know if that's true or if that was a rumor. Um, but now I kind of want to watch the, the show or the movie, um, just to say I've, I've seen it. So yeah, I do love the line about, you know, what's this compulsion about having people again, it's Larry being kind of like a anti-social personality where he, he claims he just doesn't want to have people over and talk to them, but it seems like he likes hanging out with his friends and talking to them. But then there's this thing that it's like Larry's from New York and we don't do this like in right in Brooklyn or in Brooklyn. And she's like, well, we're in California now. So you got to like, Right. You know, he's still kind of uptight from like the East Coast, New York. And she's yeah. like, this is how we do it in California. We have dinner parties right. and we relax and we, yeah, yeah. it's different pace. It's totally true. Like in New England, most of us don't like, even though like you reference, like we'll be like relatively like pleasant with each other, like in, in these, you know, public places like shopping. Um, in reality, we oftentimes don't want to be bothered with people. Like when I, like there's nothing more, um, maybe it's just cause I've, I watch too much curb, but there's literally nothing more upsetting to me when I like go online and I see like some sort of like E invitation to some fucking party. Oh. And it's just yeah. like, Oh, come on. Like how many of this, how many of these can we do? Um, it was like brutal. Case in point, my, my, uh, I think it was my mother-in-law. She said that she went uh, grocery shopping and she said like this guy went to self checkout. Like this is like quintessential, he had like his cart was like overflowing with stuff and like he went to the self-checkout and the guy like had like it as he was scanning stuff he was like bagging groceries and he had like just bags all on the floor on the ground surrounding his cart and she said like every time she went up and down an aisle she kind of kept an eye on him and she was like he was like there pretty she wasn't there for a long time but she's like he was like just getting to scan stuff when she's like when she came in and then like as she was leaving like he was still like he had just bags all around his car and it was an absolute mess and it was like so backed up and it's like we were laughing because it was like this guy hates human interactions so much (laughs) (laughs) that he's gonna bag his own groceries and like make a mess out of this whole place rather than just like talk to one person while they bag their groceries no it's so true there's like you said there's a lot of meat on that bone uh yeah i don't know i i think um i guess it just depends it's like if somebody invites me to like a dinner party I guess if it's somebody I want to spend time with or if it's like I know other people are going to be going that I know, like I'd be game for that. Like that's fun. I like adult party stuff. I'm not, maybe it's just because I don't have kids, but I can't imagine many parents really enjoy going to other people's birthday party. Like other, you know what I mean? Unless they're really no. close with the with the adults. Um, yeah, so we have like all my friends from college, you know a lot of them like Steve and Bryce and John and Robbie and stuff like that. And um, Robbie had, well, I think it was a gender reveal for his um or his now son, who is now is over one. And we went and 
all of their friends from like high school and like her college, like they all came in and they all like had babies like right. within like the last like within like six to nine months of each other. Right. And every every couple that walked in like had it was like you know a, like the husband was wearing like a, it was the falls like had a flannel shirt <laughs> shirt jeans and boots and was like holding the the baby you know uh and then and then the mom was walking in and like they all like they all looked like the same yeah. and they were all like relatively the same Classic age northern and they were just like yeah. yeah and they were just like dumping off their kids in the living room and i remember like you know for some of my friends that don't have kids yet or they have kids but they're like older and it's like we're kind of like established that all right you have you have kids but you're still I know you post kids and like, I'm still friends with you. Right. And we went in there and we were like, man, this is like such a crazy, this isn't like our normal party. Uh, but then we had a Christmas party at their house again, uh, just this last year. And there were some kids there, but then like after a while, like the kids went, kids went down to sleep or kids went away right. and it was like, okay, we had like our, our adult party again. And, um, yeah, I'm right there with you. Like if it's a small group or the people that I like, but, um, yeah, sometimes Allison has some friends from high school and it's like, I just have a hard time. I don't know all their stories. I don't know all their inside jokes. Right. Kind of like you were saying with like Olivia and us, like it, it's so hard to catch up. And it's like, you just get to a certain point where it's like, we're so busy in our day to day lives, like to carve out time to be like, to spend like a, a Saturday night. It's such a, it's such a resource, right? Where it's like, <laughs> how much stuff can you get done or just relax? And then it's to find so yourself true. there and you're like, you're like, Oh fuck, yeah. like here goes this day. Yeah, and it's so yeah. true. I, and I'm, my dad is like, I'm and if anybody ever gives me shit about being that way, I'll just, especially if they're in my family, I'll just tell them to like, go fuck yourself. Look at my dad. He's 10 times worse than me. So go yell yeah, at him. You're lucky you're getting this. <laughs> right? Yeah. You're lucky I show up. My dad hasn't been to a wedding, a birthday party. I don't know. And how long, like it, it's amazing. And it's like, he's just set a precedent and he's been, he sticks to it. And I respect the hell out of that because I cave way too soon and I, you're lucky he went to your wedding. I, absolutely. I, I like that was no joke. I kept cracking that joke. I was just like, I know you haven't been to a family wedding in like 10 years. Like you're going to make it to mine. But um, uh, and so it's funny. great because people don't expect him to show up. And and I, if people hold him with ill will, I mean, he doesn't give a shit anyway. That's the beauty of it is like he looks at it as like, I don't, I don't have time on this earth to like want to be bothered. You know, he's like, I, I have my own things I want to do for like my own enjoyment. He's just like. I'm not, he, he kind of sees it as like, and I don't bring much to these parties anyway. So like, who cares? You know? Yeah. I love, uh, I don't know. The older I get, I think like the more importance of like self care, self love, self respect. Like if you don't want to spend your time there, you don't have to. Right. And if you're not going to be able, if you're going to mope the whole time and not add anything to it, you're better off not going. But then also on the other end of it too, like it's funny how people that don't put themselves out there and go to those things. Like once they go to those things, like people notice them more. Yeah. So it's like, you know, the person that constantly goes to everyone's party and constantly <laughs> doing stuff. And it's just like, do you take them for granted? And then your dad just shows up and I was like, Hey, Hey, how's you doing? How's it going? Right. It's and they're so just true. like, yeah. And somebody's like, I've been at every one of these fucking parties <laughs> and this guy just shows up and it's like, everyone's like so excited to see it's, him. It's a, that's a great point. I like that. <laughs> that's a good bit. Yeah. Um, I, I, it's, you literally can't, can't say that clear. Actually. I love it. So, um, <laughs> and again, it may, my dad's a big curb fan, so maybe maybe Larry's just been subconsciously rubbing off on us for years, you know? It's probably, yeah. Um, or maybe, you're right, maybe it's just an, as you get older. So we get to the next scene here, an official scene change to uh, Jeff's office, and Larry's just sitting... So we're still missing it, right? We didn't talk about the blowjob. We are? I thought I put it in there. Oh, yeah, oh, we sorry. Just, sorry, I missed it. That's okay. My bottom, my bottom bullet. Um... 
It sounds like I'm obsessed with this blowjob. We got this one scene like, oh, we're <laughs> So creepy, dude. Uh, so, Ray, come on. Let's talk about the blowjob. <laughs> it's like a Kramer thing. That's the best part. Um, so, Larry... Okay, so Larry's talking, as we said, before we went off on our tangent about, you know, can't... Your dad. Can't, yes, can't understand why people would want to have other people over. Serve them food and talk to them. What a strange thing, he says. So Larry then says to Cheryl, he's genuinely going to try to have a good time this, you know, weekend uh, during the party. But he but he he knows he won't. Um, so they make a he makes a bet and says, I'm going to try on, you know, hard to have a good time. But I make I'm making you a bet. I bet you I will not. And she agrees to the bet in the bet. She agrees to a blowjob in the car if he wins. So if he doesn't have a good time at the party, he gets a bl- he gets some some roadhead. That's a shit bet for oh, her. Oh, big time! Like I don't even understand. Like she, I would have then been like, yeah, I didn't understand the bet because it's like it's it's such a good win for him. He all he has to say is, yeah, I didn't. I, it was terrible. And like you said, he's already not going to have a good time, and she's kind of like, oh, you're not going to have a good time on purpose. He's like, no, I'll try. It's like bullshit. Like. Maybe she- he could have a good time. Be like, it was a good, it was an okay time, but I didn't have a, I didn't have a really right, good time. Right. You know what I mean? Like he's gonna, he would try to sabotage that. Absolutely. To, Who wouldn't? To get some roadhead. Maybe but I, I, she does. She, she, she agrees to it pretty quickly, and I think it's pretty funny. And and she doesn't have anything. Well, what if you have a good time? You know, right. like what is she what getting she out, get out of this? This is like just not a blowjob. Yeah. yeah. Just not. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she's, uh, she's into it. <laughs> <laughs> that's what i'm thinking yeah maybe um so, so all right you happy we got we finally got to it yeah i just wanted to talk about the <laughs> get some bgs <laughs> <Yes. laughs> uh, reminds me of oh, a gentleman that from? That's have you seen um uh the movie i love you man oh <laughs> yeah 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 with paul red yeah. yeah and he's just like when uh when they're at the, like, the dinner party and and he's like uh what's his face Jason Siegel or whatever and he's just like he's like pay it forward you know give it back or whatever <laughs> yeah. and so she gets back and she's like t- you know fuck with the blowjobs and she's like she's like oh my my last boyfriend didn't like him so I didn't you know I don't like to do him anymore and she's like well we can try and he's like good good and he's like well not good he's like <laughs> he's like let's go home and get some BJ's or something like that <laughs> oh it's so good um yeah I feel like blowjob is like a really common it's a popular comedy topic or just like reference I, I'm thinking of um, <laughs> of uh, uh, what about Mary something about Mary oh well there's that no but yeah but I'm thinking um, horrible bosses when they run into like the friend from like college or whatever or high school I guess <laughs> and he's like like yeah. propositioning to give them like bl- hand jobs or blow, bl- job. blow jobs yeah. in the in the Chili's uh, bathroom um, yeah they're like oh we'll, we'll just quit our jobs how back of the house how back of the, the job market be and this guy's like giving people well, I forget what, they were like a Fridays or something like right. that and he's like and he was like an ex like <laughs> Wall Street banker or something some yeah. shit yeah <laughs> um, yeah po- popular uh, well at least in today's world Maybe not fifty years yeah. ago, but um, all right. So we get to our we get to our next scene, Jeff's office, and uh, Larry and Jeff are talking about. Um, we we come into their discussion on on the caterer or catering in general, and Larry says, you know, prior to moving to California, he was never in the same room with a caterer. So again, referencing this this California versus New York thing, um, which 
I find interesting because, well, I guess that makes sense because when he moved to California, that was like when he got Seinfeld or before he got Seinfeld. So I guess when you're a stand-up comic, you're probably not necessarily, you know, on the party side of dealing with a caterer. If anything, you're part of the entertainment, you know, at a club and then you're dealing with kitchen staff, but like that's, you know, you're in the The only room. exception I can think is like when he was writing for SNL, I can't imagine that he wasn't, there wasn't some function that had a caterer right. there, but probably... I mean, he's probably not literal there. It's probably, you know, he has, now that he's in L.A., caterers at everything. Right, everybody's You even see, catered. like, in the movie credits, like, they're credited. They have, like, you know, who who did the food or mm-hmm. whatever. Is like, there's, like, a line credit for that. Yep. I just think it's pretty crazy. Absolutely, yeah. Good business to be in. So, um, they kind of <laughs> talk about how they like, uh, like, Larry be happy with just a Swanson frozen dinner. Which they still they still make. I mean, there's many many others now. But Swanson was, of course, back in like the '70s, like the uh, kind of the the Saran Wrap name name brand frozen, you know, dinner. Um, you get like the fried chicken, the corn, the mashed potatoes, like that kind of stuff. I used to love the the kid cuisines. Yes, kid cuisines, which I think might have been made by Swanson, right? Probably, yeah. yeah. Those were good. Um, but this is also interesting because, like, we also know like Larry in real life is like really meticulous when it comes to like what he puts in his body right there's no way he's eating swanson frozen dinners no certainly not now or, or even back in 2000 but you know maybe when he was a broke comedian he probably didn't have that yeah. mindset um, right but yeah he's super neurotic about about nutrition um yeah as, as i know we, from um with uh jerry seinfeld mm-hmm. when they do comedians and cars getting coffee right and he has like one line i forget what it is and he's just like he's like talking about like eating cashews or whatever and he's like he's like he's like when i want to go crazy he's like i'll eat half a bag of cashews right. and like that's like him going nuts right right as um, jerry's like hammering through like a, like a triple stack pancakes or something yeah yeah. yeah yeah yep exactly and and they're both like skin and bones too like that's what's funny is that like right. jerry's really no heavier than than larry um so <laughs> they're having the jeff and larry having this jovial conversation and all of a sudden it like goes south and Jeff just says, uh, I need to talk to you about something very, very serious. And then before he says what, he gets up and moves over to the... <laughs> so Jeff had been sitting at his desk. He gets up and moves over to the to the love seat that Larry's sitting at. So he's like sitting right next to him. And, um, you know, he says uh, he's upset that Larry didn't congratulate him on getting the new car when he told him that the other day. He was hurt by it. Those are Jeff's words. <laughs> I was hurt by it. Um, so I love Larry's like reaction, like in anticipation for what the issue is, because Jeff just like drops that bomb. I need to talk to you about something very serious. And then he gets up and slowly kind of moves over to the couch. And all the while, Larry's like asking questions like, did what did I do? Did I do something wrong? Um, he's like, yes, you did. <laughs> yeah. So then once Larry hears it, he's just like, kind of flabbergasted he's like i i didn't know congratulations were in order it's not like having a kid as he says right um but he apologizes and it kind of seems sincere um as sincere as you'll get i think with him in the show but it totally i don't know what your feelings are about this but i I certainly i well again we're pre-social media era here so like in today's world like you just got your new car or your truck and i'm not gonna call you and say congrats on the new truck 
Well, that's what I had in my notes. I was going to say, you know, Jeff has given me the courage to let you know that I was very hurt <laughs> that you did not congratulate me on my new truck. No, I think I, I posted the picture of the new truck right. and I had a lot of likes and stuff and be like, hey, congrats on the new truck. That's or people will just be like, looks nice, sharp ride. Right. And like, that's all it. It's all you need. Right. Um, so, the, you know, a phone, a phone call would have been nice, but that's I, I understand you're a busy man. <laughs> so but this is my this is my point, I guess, is that maybe in 2000. See, even if you were buying a new truck and we're friends in the year 2000, I'm not going to necessarily congratulate you by you. I would probably congratulate you like when I'm with you and I see it for the first time. Like Larry hadn't seen the car yeah. yet. Yeah. Right? You, yeah. Yeah. I think if. Yeah. And it's different, like a 57 Chevy to like a, you know, a newer make and model or whatever. But yeah, to for he doesn't know that he purchased it. He said he was going to be. Right. And so. You know, he might have said in a phone call, like, hey, I just bought it. And then Larry might have been like, oh, cool. That's that's awesome. Yeah. But yeah, until you until you're standing there, like when they go out to the parking lot and he's like, I want you to right. drive it. Like then to be like, that's that's the time you're like, you know, maybe you take it for a ride. And then when you get out, like, oh, that's a sweet ride. You <laughs> right. Know, congrats exactly. on that. Exactly. And that's, that's all you do. Yeah. 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 So I feel like, again, maybe there's some connection here where like Jeff tends to be like over sensitive about certain things. And it's interesting because that's like the M.O. of his parents. With particularly with Larry, so maybe you know there is a connection there where Jeff has a little bit of that, um, about manners, I guess. So they do right. They go for a drive uh, after Larry apologizes. Jeff insists that Larry drive the car to kind of, you know, bring him it's over. Fun. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, and Larry seems like he's interested. He's you know thinks about it for a second. And says, "Okay, let's do it." Um, him going to the couch too, by the way, also reminds me of like Seinfeld. I think it was the, uh, the understudy when she's on the couch and she's crying and he's like, I would have gone over and consoled her, but it, it was beaches for Christ's sakes. And he was just like <laughs> the act of like moving to the other side of the couch to put an arm around her was like just way too much right, to, for the, for the moment to do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just this whole, <laughs> yeah. And he's talking about something serious and then like he like what's wrong and he gets up and walks over. It's like, it just doesn't match. Oh, not um, at all. Right. Yeah. Right. The, yeah. the what's going to happen. But then, yeah, and it's it's so sketchy because I, I would anybody would be like Larry. You'd be like in the 10 seconds that it took Jeff to walk on the other side of the room to the couch. You'd be like 10,000 different thoughts be flying through your mind about like, what did you do? Oh, like, right. What did I say? What did I not do? Um, so, yeah, again, great, great social comedy, great social moment here that happens to many of us. Um, and Jeff's just bizarre. And then it continues on because now they're driving in the car. Larry's driving and he's having a good time driving. Uh, Jeff's, you know, having a good time just kind of cruising in the passenger seat. And um, Larry asks Jeff how much how much he paid for the car. And Jeff says it's personal. It's personal. It's personal. And uh, (laughs) I love Larry's reaction. He goes, what are you, insane? Everything's everything is personal. (laughs) You know, of course, mocking the excuse. Then Jeff doesn't cave and he just kind of says it's personal. Um so then Larry starts saying, like, he's kind of being melodramatic here. He's like, well, now I don't even want to drive it. Like, I'm feeling uncomfortable as if it was like a million dollars right. or something, which, of course, it right. wasn't. Um, so for Jeff, it probably was, you know, pricey, but not obviously out of his out of his price range. So he's kind of like now Larry's kind of an- angst, like a little anxious. And they get to a stop sign um, and just prior to getting to the stop sign they turn the radio on they're kind of like looking at you know of course the retro car has all sorts of different things and an old style radio being one of them and uh so here the radio uh is on 
Larry gets to the And I have a note too. I I found out that the, uh, I was doing some research on it and the song is called Poison Ivy by um, a 1959 hit by the Coasters. Nice. Coasters. Yeah. Classic like uh, doo-wop band. Yeah. And then it goes, right. So you start off with the song and then it goes to the commercial. And (laughs) as Larry gets to the stop sign, the commercial is on and he hears, Larry hears honking. He turns around and starts yelling at the car behind him saying, it's a stop sign, you know, you idiot or whatever. <laughs> and they get into a, a, a yelling match, you know, fuck yous back and forth. And then it just gets so bizarre. Like, I, I have an issue with road rage. I would never purposefully sm- slam into somebody's car to then just damage my own car. No. Like, so this guy who Larry yells at just like slams into Jeff's car you know, rear ends them basically, then backs up and drives off. So it's like a hit and run in the most awkward sense of the wor- of the phrase. Because uh, he hits him, then he has to back up, go around the car, and drive off. Um, and hey, fuck you, you idiot! <laughs> yeah, it's good. The, the encounter is great, um, but the how this guy reacts is so bizarre. And we don't we don't see a face. We don't see anybody. Um, but as maybe it's the kamikaze bingo's uh, son. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Because he hits him. <laughs> right, right, right. He just grazed, grazed him. Grazed the car, yeah. Um, <laughs> so he takes off, and as as the car's, car's driving away, Jeff's like, get the license plate! Get the license plate! <laughs> Which you would think you'd have plenty four. of time. And then 4Y something. 4Y something. <laughs> and like, why couldn't why couldn't Jeff? You know, yeah. like, it's like the sponge thing. I don't sponge. understand. Why don't you get a sponge? Yeah. Like, he's in the front, too. Like, why can't he also read the license right. plate? Right, his view is you just know. as good as Larry's, you know, minus two and feet. And also, like, Larry is driving the car, so he's, like, he's the one that was screaming. So, like, and the whole time, Jeff's like... <laughs> It was the radio. <laughs> yeah. Right. Jeff just keeps. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was the radio. Um, and it turns out it was. It was an Amco radio commercial, which, of course, the slogan of the uh, of the company Amco was double A beep 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 MCO. MCO. Um, so the beep beep was an actual real horn that Larry mistook for. A real horn. Uh, so good. Yeah. And Larry, I love Larry. He's just kind of like distraught, just being like, it's, it all sounded like his horn. Uh, I have the subtitles on, and it's just like you hear beep, beep. And then Larry turns around and goes, it's a stop sign over here, okay? <laughs> and the guy says, I didn't honk at you, you fucking asshole. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Um, How hard do you have to have the... the Maybe because it's a convertible, so it's like it kind of doesn't resonate in the car, maybe. so everything's open. He had like the yeah, good point. Um, yeah, maybe you know you get the radio loud too, so the speakers might be cranking. Um, you just hear it beeping as he was getting to the stop, which is just so. Perfect. I know it's it's amazing. So I've had kind of similar, <laughs> I've had similar issues, not like with stop signs and honking, but um, I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but. You know. I'm going to just say no. <laughs> <laughs> so I have, you know, most cars now come standard with the backup cameras. This. Oh, my God. I'm getting <laughs> I'm getting so annoyed just thinking about this. So the backup cameras are, are great, you know, so so much so that like when you can't when you don't have one, you're like, uh oh, um, <clears throat> yeah. So you, I forgot how to. Back yeah, up. you rely on it and you barely have to use your side mirrors or whatever. Long story short, one of my biggest pet peeves is when people uh, like say I'm parking, like parallel parking is usually when this happens for me. 
and uh, I'll be, you know, pull up backing into the spot and there's always some fucking person who happens to just be sitting in the car that's behind me, you know, as I'm parking. So I'm like backing up towards their vehicle. I'm using the the, the camera and it beeps at yeah. me. It's I have auto assisted braking. I could literally gas it right into this car and my car is going to slam gonna on its brakes. It's not going to let me do yeah. it. So um, I'm, and I'm, I'm not doing that. I'm going slowly like I normally would. And it never fails. The person is always like, like starts yelling at me like I'm going to hit their car. So I feel like in the last five years, it's probably happened to me like once a year. Um, Oh, wow. Yeah. So the last time it happened, I was like, I turned into that guy. I rolled down my window. I was like, I'm not going to hit your fucking car. I got a camera in here. (laughs) (laughs) And... um, it just like never fails. It's always like, it's always some bizarre character too. It's like either somebody who like, uh, they're driving an older vehicle and they're probably older themselves. So like they might not be like hip to like the new technology, but it's like not even that new now. <clears throat> right. I feel like cars With those 10 backup years ago. cameras too, you can get like inches away cause you can see right. the details really good too. You're like, I know exactly where I'm right. at. Cause I've done that before. If it's a really tight spot, um, to that point though, I, we were just like on the highway and, um, you know, definitely when you're like in your lane and you're like, Oh, is this guy going to try to cut out ahead of me without his directional or whatever. Um, I also have more comfort. I know it's totally user error, but like if people can override it. Um, but the blind spot monitoring, yeah. like when I see that the car's r- r- like side view mirror has like a yellow ding on it or like it, it flashes. Cause like I'm there, right. I feel so much better about it. Cause most people, if they're going to go change a lane, we'll look to their left, we'll see, or their right, and see that there's, like, that light. Um, so the same thing. When I see somebody backing up in front of me, I just assume, if it's a newer car, I'm like, they have their backup camera. Right. Like, if they're going to, like, they might get close, but I'm I'm assuming that the car is going to stop or they'll catch themselves. And if they're going slow enough, if they do make contact, it's not going to cause any damage. Nope. Um, and as <laughs> the new curb season, like... Uh, the, the honk panic or right, like, the pan- like right. you don't honk at somebody who's like trying to make a maneuver like yeah. that. Like that's like, you don't want to make any loud noises <laughs> and like freak them out. I know. Cause then they might just like hit the gas you quick. You slam know? on your accelerator. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, it's, it's so true. So I, yeah, that, this reminds me of, of those types of, uh, you know, 21st century ish- issues now. Yes. Um, anyway, so we, we digress. So Jeff's car, Jeff's distraught. <laughs> they go to leave and uh, <laughs> they're like, what's that noise? And it just sounds like the most <laughs> heinous car noise you could ever think about. Oh, yeah. Um, and I can speak from example uh, or from experience. When I, I've only been rear-ended once, thankfully, but it was on the highway. So the, even though it was in traffic, she hit me at like 40 miles an hour or whatever. So my whole like mm-hmm. back end, I was, it had a hatchback, was just like totally crunched. Um, and I had to drive like a whole, maybe a thousand feet to just get off the exit. And there was a gas station right there, but that thousand feet, it was just like, like, God knows what stuff was rubbing up against my wheels. Like, you know, I don't know what it was. It was just sounded terrible. Um, and I hadn't even looked at the damage at that point because I didn't want to get out in the middle of the highway. So I just kept like driving and like we, we followed or she followed me off the highway, but it was like, so (laughs) 
so nasty. The, the sound sounded worse than the actual physical Way worse. damage. It yeah. always does. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and my, my brother was a mechanic. He's he went to school to be an auto tech, and like um, he used to work at uh, the Ford dealership over near right. us. And I remember had my uh, that white white Volkswagen Jetta, and uh, <laughs> and like something happened with it. Um, and so he was like, oh, bring it to the shop. And so he like did like off hours, like the end of his shift, like they put it like on a lift and like he like fixed stuff. And it was like something with like the side panel of the running board and he had to like secure it. And, and I remember he like, he like took it off and off the lift and like he drove it around and he was like, here you go. It's all set. And he said something like, if you, um, if you hear a noise, if, it, if something, if you hear like it, it, you hear this or whatever, like. Um, you should be fine, but you should, you might want to like, you know, pull it over or whatever. And I'm like, I'm like, well, is it, is it going to work or is it not going to work? And I was like, so terrified driving. And I don't think I made it like, I, I got like halfway home and like, I was just like listening for every noise. And then I think I can't remember correctly, but I think like something like started grinding. I'm like, what the fuck's wrong with my car? And I'm like, <laughs> but just like the confidence of just like. It's okay, but it also might not right. be. <laughs> if you hear this frequency, you're okay. But if you hear that frequency, yeah, pull yeah. over immediately. Yeah. Um, that's amazing. Yeah, I thought you were going to tell me when I... I thought you were going to tell the story when I... In that car and I destroyed your, your uh, window. Uh, <laughs> Let's, we'll tell that story right now because we are talking about cars. Yeah. But uh, this car, like... It's funny, the other day, like, I was, like, looking for cars, and I'm like, oh, like, I wonder if I could get, like, a... It was a 98 Volkswagen Jetta Trek Edition, bucket seats, moonroof. It was a pretty sweet yeah, car. Cool. Obviously, tons of miles, like, Volkswagen, infamous for electrical issues, especially in the early 90s, late 90s. Um, but, yeah, and on top of other things, uh, my sliding window on the passenger side, uh, <laughs> it kept falling down, and, like, they were, like, power windows, and so, like... It was like during like the during like the summer and like you yeah, it was like get like ninety five degrees outside, yeah. <laughs> but you'd get like those like rolling thunderstorms yeah. and stuff. So it's like I had to just like have it propped up and like we had basically we were both working in the kitchen, so we had like access to like cardboard boxes. So like what I would do is that we would just like lift the window up and you'd have basically have the door open and you'd have your left hand, your right hand like kinda like holding the window right. up and you have to have somebody else that would like shimmy um uh, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, uh, like yeah. uh, uh, like something yeah, to hold like, it stuff there. It, yeah. And Right, and I don't know if that was in place or if Andrew had just fixed it or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I think he had just fixed it because I don't think it would have fallen again. Yeah, no. So then you're sitting in the passenger seat, and I we went for a ride. I don't know if I dropped you off home or what happened. And <laughs> you got out of the car, and <laughs> you were like saying bye, yeah. and you took the door and you slammed it. No, you got in the. I car. got in the car. Yeah, you were getting in the car. Slammed, you got in the car yeah. and you slammed the door. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, you hit. I was like, well, watch the window. And you're like, oh, sorry. And I was just like, dude, you slammed that door so fucking hard. And as soon as I finished saying hard, yeah. the window just collapsed. Yeah. Oh, that was amazing. Because the timing was like, just right like impeccable. Yeah. <clears throat> that, yeah. Like, we just like stared at each other. I'm like, dude. <laughs> I think at that point, we went to Andrew. I think we might have went there together at that point. I think that's when we started putting the... Uh, or maybe the cardboard, yeah. The cardboard. Yeah. Uh, that car has some... We had some funny memories. I There's that. And then there's the time when it kept like dying and kept stalling on you. Remember we were supposed to yeah, go to that Eric Clapton concert? You. We were supposed to go to the Eric Clapton concert. <laughs> yeah. It had something with like the, um, the uh, distributor cap okay. was like loose. And every time it would rain, it would get moisture in there. So it wouldn't fire for the spark plugs. And uh, 
I was going down the hill of Frank Mossberg Drive where the catering company was, and I was talking to you, and I was already running late, yes. and I kept telling the person, I was like, I gotta get out, I gotta get out, and you were, like, calling me, and you are like, you're like, where are you? You gotta hurry, and then, like, I was just like, and then it was weird, like, it would just, like, lose power randomly, and I was at the bottom of the stop <laughs> at, the, at the hill, and then, like, there was traffic coming, but I was trying to go, <laughs> so I went to go hit the gas, and I had, like, no juice, and the car just died, and I'm, like, halfway to the intersection, uh, so I just, like, I'm on the phone, I'm like, fuck. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, and the phone just like I went dead. So- and I was like, oh my God, he's dead. You're like, Ben just died. Yeah, Ben just died. Because <laughs> uh, like I knew where you were. Like you were like telling me, oh, like I'm, just, I'm at the intersection now. You're like, oh, fuck, fuck. And then like it stopped. And I was like, oh yeah, my God. Yeah, you just heard like a, cl- you heard a, cl- yeah, I threw the phone. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, that's, stuff. and then people, you know, when I <laughs> buy a new car or we lease or whatever, and people are like, oh, that's like a bad investment. You should never, I'm like, I loathe car trouble. Yeah. Like, I don't care what I have to pay. I will never... In high school, you deal with that shit. Early college, when you don't have much money, you're like, you take what you can drive, you cross your fingers every time you turn the key over. I don't want to do that anymore. Like, I don't care if that's one of my highest costs that I have every single month. Like, I love getting in a brand new car. I love driving it. I love knowing that it's going to work. Like, I don't want to die. (laughs) We can't stay on this any longer, but I just... It dawned on me. I've, I've already thought of, like, three other crazy car stories that we both have that well most of them have to do with you being with me and in my car so i guess we probably have equal amounts on on either car but like oh we'll have to bring that back I, i'm just remembering yeah, my trek up to uh, new hampshire yeah um, oh God. so <laughs> anyway uh, good times. so uh we get to the next scene and uh larry and cheryl's uh it's their dinner party which I don't know if they say what day of the week it is, but, you know, I assume it's like a Saturday night, right? Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> immediately you can see Larry's stuck in like an extremely boring conversation with Julie. But now we meet, I guess it's her husband or at least boyfriend, but I think husband, right? Pat. Yes. <clears throat> he um, didn't have a wedding Pat ring is- on in the show, <clears throat> but I, I don't know if that might have just been an oversight. She did. Or she had like an engagement ring, I think. Yeah, they definitely seem like they're they're. They were like all like credit as like couple one and couple two okay. on IMDb. Got it. Um, but while we're talking about him, Pat is played by <clears throat> Pat Collins, and he only had like two credits. He was in this episode, and he played like an anchorman in uh, the Eraser, which is that Arnold Schwarzenegger action movie. Oh, of course. So kind of interesting. That's weird. Yeah, you gotta wonder with some of these like <clears throat> character actors who have like gotten small roles, like only like like under a half a dozen, like really small. Like, what do they do? They must have a regular day job. I wonder where they are now. Yeah. Or then knowing somebody who's in the industry to be like, hey, do you want to be in this movie yeah, real quick? Yeah, true. True. Good point. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. <clears throat> so uh, he was pretty good at playing the role of like an extremely boring person. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so Pat and Julie, and they're, they're talking about her husband's company and I guess also them. Are They're, they're personally going to move from Covina to Downey, which I meant to look up. Um, I mean, these are all like, you know, suburbs of L.A., basically outskirts of L.A. to some degree. So Covina <clears throat> is southwest of Downey. OK, that's what Where's I Downey. Northeast of Covina. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> uh, oh, <clears throat> all right. So, yeah, we'll have to. I wonder if they're all south. I'm going <clears> to <throat> you want to pull up. uh I'm curious if you want to Already pull up Google it. Maps. Yeah, I feel like they're probably all south of this, like downtown. 
if I had to guess, but or southeast. Um, <clears throat> anyway, so it's way it's it's way uh, east of LA. Of LA, is it? It's up. It's out. It's east of Pasadena. Oh, okay. So um, it is pretty far out. It's pretty far out. Interesting. Is yeah. it near Claremont by any chance? No, I don't know if Claremont's actually that far past Pasadena. <clears throat> Look at that, but I don't see that readily. So yeah, that's probably a doozy, especially since like Larry and Cheryl seem to live in like <clears throat> in and around Santa Monica. Yeah, it's closer to Claremont. It's kind of almost between Claremont and L.A., but closer to Claremont. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, so that's a solid, probably forty-five minute drive out of out of the city. Oh, with traffic like without, and stuff. Well, without yeah. traffic, maybe even yeah. Right. <clears throat> so. My favorite line that Pat says, of course, is he's going on about like the most boring shit about his job as he says, uh, or Ju- his wife, excuse me, Julie says, why well, mad to, to Larry? I imagine Cheryl's told you about what's been going on with Pat's company. <laughs> like as if that's <laughs> yeah. like relevant. What a great segue. Yeah. Like, no, number one, like who, who would do that? Like that would be us. Even That would be weird for even us. Like, am I going to start just randomly talking to Liv about like, like something like Allison's like company's going through a reorganization or something like maybe if it yeah. maybe if it was like oh Allison might is going to a new position or something and like we just had that it conversation it has to be really big right? but I guess maybe this is big for them but it's so fucking boring it's big for them but like but you're talking to a stranger I mean well Julie knows Cheryl but obviously like Pat doesn't know him and, and yeah. Cheryl yeah just the line I'm sure Cheryl told yeah, you yeah exactly it's like oh my god <laughs> It's so egocentric. It's like I'm sure I'm sure you you guys have nothing to talk about other than our lives. Right. That's a good point. Yeah. It's subconsciously like that. Yeah. So <clears throat> I, I like the the scene here because it plays out very like organically, like how you would expect. Because it's mostly Cheryl's friends. Cheryl's kind of taking Larry around and introducing him. So like he's getting a, like a little dose of everybody. It seems like at the party. Um, right. So Cheryl. Kind of comes into the conversation, introduce, takes Larry, kind of brings him to another couple that are. So before we get there, yeah. too, I had some other notes. So Pat, he just got the contract from Diet Right to do all their injection injection molding. Um, I have Diet Right is a zero calorie soda company, which is distributed by RC Cola. Uh, so he must be down there. Um, so he works for Coca Cola. RC Cola. Oh, RC Cola. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So that was like their bit and just like about <laughs> just so boring about, you know, the two routes of like distribution from Covina to Downey right. and how the two businesses, the, the books are the split, books are split you know, in terms yeah, of I like caught that, <laughs> which in, I, in my head, I was just like, wait, what? Like if you have like multiple manufacturing plants, like what does he mean by the books are split? Like the, the budgeting, like that when he says the he books are split, like, I don't know what he's referring to. He's referring to like <clears throat> ordering and, and shipping. Like if they're identical plants. Like what does he mean? You know, I would imagine it would be like the, the ship, like the um, importing and exporting right. and not just like if it has finances, then that's completely messed up because it sounds like it's the same company. Right. They shouldn't have. But usually when somebody says books, it's usually like yeah, a, an accounting. Yeah, type exactly. Thing. That's what I thought. Um, but which sounds like a nightmare to move a company and to merge <clears throat> like, Right, so maybe that's what he yeah. means. Why it's like such a big undertaking, but even yeah. at that, well, that, I mean, that's still extremely yeah. boring. Well, now I can see why Cheryl would should bring that up to Larry because that is a big thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> I guess we kind of just undercut our own argument here. Um, we did. <laughs> well, so 
Luckily for Larry, I guess, he moves, gets moved by uh, Cheryl over to another couple named Allison and Kevin. And um, Cheryl kind of says, they just got back from a cruise and then (laughs) leaves Larry to digest the rest of it. Um, And you got to take this little lady (laughs) on a cruise. Okay, I find this so weird. And then Larry says, Larry says, I know where I'm going to take this little lady. Do you think that's about the blowjob? Is he already not having a good time? And he's like, oh, I know where we're going. Yeah, like after this, we're I going on pick, a long trip. Right. I didn't pick up on that because it's kind of a weird thing to say. Like, what does that even mean? <clears throat> yeah. But yeah, maybe that's what it's he's referencing. Of, yeah. I don't know. Um, You're really we're big on, on the blowjob, I guess. So. <laughs> Let's get some BJs. <laughs> um, Allison is played by Allison Hartringer. And this was her only IMDb credit was Curb. Really? Um, yeah. And wow. then the other guy is um, Kevin Ruff, and he's an actor, writer, and producer. Um, he wrote on SNL. He was in Fun and Dick with uh, Fun with Dick and Jane yeah. with uh, Jim Carrey, and he was on uh, the show called Halfway Home, uh, which was like an improv com- improv comedy show in 2007. Um, and I thought, interestingly enough, when I was looking at that show, um, Oscar Nunez from last week's oh, episode, yeah. uh, The Wire, um, he was on that. Oh, okay. Interesting. So he's like an yeah. improv guy. That makes sense. I I, I do f- sense like a theme to all the casting. Maybe it's just a coincidence, but it's like, it feels like any of these kind of side, you know, single multi, you know, couple of scene actors in like one-off episodes here. They're either like <clears throat> no names, like, you know, one role, two role, three roles, tops. Or they're like people like Kevin who are like, right, you know, comedy writers or, you know, who, who are like maybe a little bit more successful in the business. So it's interesting to like have that. Like if I was in Allison's position, it's like you're just you've never acted before. You get like this role, a speaking role on a big show, HBO. And, you know, you're surrounded by like relatively big name people, particularly. It's Larry. interesting, but I do like it because it, it does it does give it that realistic uh, vibe. You can totally tell that he's at like a, this awkward dinner party that he doesn't want to be at. Right. Like if they're all like actors, they might try to like overact it. But it's like we just need like kind of like weird conversations about, you know, Annie, you know, get your gun or whatever. <laughs> right. and- Which, of course, was this great performance that Kevin and Allison saw on their cruise. Um, and uh <laughs> I love the conversation. Like, I, I always wonder, like, how they come up with some of this stuff. Because the guy Kevin starts yeah. talking about, he's like, yeah, you know, she played this, like, really young. He's like, you know, like, Kerry Russell, Felicity style. Yeah. And I'm just like, what? Like, again, that's a classic 90s thing. We actually spent thing. time with her. We actually spent time with Aunt. Right, and like, right. It was really weird. It was weird. Um, but, and what happens is this is, like, kind of subtle because as they're still talking, Larry just, like, gets distracted by, like, this other guest who's kind of like off right. to the side and he doesn't. So bef- before we get there, I had a couple of notes on their conversation yeah. with the crews and Annie Go Oakley for it. and stuff. So yeah. I have, um, Annie get your gun was a 1946 musical about Annie Oakley, uh, with music and lyrics, um, by Irving Berlin. Yep. And, um, I just thought this was interesting cause I was conversation. I was having a conversation with my dad around Christmas time about, um, Irving Berlin about white Christmas. Right. Like, he wrote, like, music and lyrics for that. Um, but, like, I didn't know this. White Christmas is, like, the best-selling single worldwide of all time. The song, Bing Crosby. Like Bing, yeah. Like, Bing, Bing Crosby's, right. like, version. Yep. <clears throat> and, like, how, like, the story is, like, he, um, Irving, like, wrote that, like, in, like, a hotel in California. Mm-hmm. Like, 
and it's like it just seems like this old timey song like it was like you can picture it being written like during a snowstorm like in a like a christmas setting right. and it was like i believe he's jewish he and is. it was written in california like in like sunny pasadena or whatever yeah. and like it's just kind of interesting yeah that's like the most popular song yeah irving berlin's um, always then, thought of was like um this great kind of like pedestal of jewish immigration to the united states prior to hmm. us kind of really dropping dropping the hammer on how many people we allowed in and out so like during like the late 19th century like tons of immigrants flooding in from different parts of europe but towards the early 20th century a lot of those were like italians greeks mm-hmm. eastern europeans many of them like you know russian jews polish jews or whatever so yeah so he's like kind of again like you know profiled as like this really great american success story oh that's really cool yeah. um and i did have everything about you know uh Kevin talking about Carrie Russell. So Carrie Russell was an actress. Um, of course. And she started that ABC show called Felicity, right. which started in 98 and it ran for about, it ran for four seasons. Right. Um, so it was like, but it was just such a weird thing to weird thing. But it was but a it's a relevant show. show. Yeah. Like it was like a big show during that, that time. If this is 2000, that's, that was like, it was still on. Right. Yeah. It would, it had right. a, another season or two after this. So it was still in its, of course, my favorite prime. Carrie Russell role is in the Americans, which I still haven't finished. That's a that great show. show. It's a great show. I'm about halfway through. Um. Yeah, she's awesome. So yeah, Annie, get your gun. Uh, not a big, uh, not a big musical guy. Maybe with the exception of a couple. Um, Me too. But yeah, some of the so- I like some of the songs that have come out of these, these, um, these shows, but not the shows themselves. Um. So well, Larry gets distracted from this Annie, get your gun conversation and <laughs> finds himself. This is kind of an awkward thing, and I guess it again the whole party's awkward. He kind of looks off to the side. He's his attention's drifting. He just sees this like big, you know, kind of <clears throat> scruffy guy looking guy just kind of standing around, not really talking to anybody. And Larry just kind of walks over to him, and uh, they introduce themselves. And this is Mike Duffy, um, and he's very kind of a jovial guy. He's really makes it clear how excited he is to be there, and. Seems like he's a big Seinfeld fan, um, so you can tell he's get he's doing a little bit of the fanning out in front of Larry. Um, I can tell you why he's a he's a big Seinfeld fan because uh, Mike Duffy is played by Mike Haggerty, and he is a double dipper. <gasps> he is. Yeah, Ugh, I knew I was gonna I was gonna miss one. Um, oh boy. Yeah, tell me. I know I'm gonna hit myself for it. It has to deal with the uh, the beltless trench coat. Oh yeah, he he runs the uh, the store. He's Rudy. He's Rudy he runs yeah. uh, Rudy's antique boutique. Right, right, right. Where Kramer gets his vintage clothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so good. Um, the beltless trench coat. Right, and the moth, the moths, and the mothballs. You know, Frank. Yeah, when wear. George goes and his cabana wear. Yeah, cabana he wear. Yeah. The, and he he. He go doesn't go up on the price because that was his his high time bowling score or whatever, and he sells all of his stuff. Right. Um, but while we're on him, Mike Haggerty, he's from Chicago, Illinois. If you couldn't tell by his uh, accent, yeah. um, he was in uh, the movie Overboard in '87 with Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn. Huh. He was in Wayne's World. He's in a lot of TV: Glee, Goldberg's, Grey's Anatomy. Um, he was the peanut vendor in Austin Powers: The Spy Who Shagged Me. Huh. Um, which you know from like that scene where it's just like. Uh, like the penis is like up in the air yeah. or whatever and they keep having people like shouting out different stuff so he's the one that's selling the peanuts <laughs> oh okay I, I was just saying to my my wife I was like oh we should rewatch the Austin Powers movies because I haven't seen those in years they're so good oh they are very yeah. good yeah that's a good spoof uh, series yeah. 
so yeah, he's had a lot. I, I, and he's one of those guys. Yeah. It's like, you can just see him in all these different shows. Um, mm-hmm. so he was in a movie with Kurt Russell, you said, which is interesting because Kurt Russell is Carrie Russell's, uh, father. Is it? Yeah. I was just trying to look that up while we were saying yeah. that. So yeah, really interesting. Yep. Um, so yeah. So Mike Duffy here at admiring the house, big Seinfeld fan, uh, which is awesome now that he talks about Seinfeld because he was in Seinfeld and he asked Larry if they, if he gets paid for reruns now that Seinfeld was on reruns at this point. Um, and Larry seems a little Larry. taken aback. Yeah. But what, how does he kind of, I mean, he says yes. He's just kind of like, he, yeah, he just kind of pauses and he thinks that's kind of a very stupid, it's like a personal question to ask. Right. And he doesn't like answering that type of question. Right. He doesn't want to know like how is you know what I mean? It's a financial type question. It's like being like, how much do you make or right. how much do you charge for this? Right. And, but yeah, he's very much like, you know, it's yeah. Yeah. I right. do. Like very like, he doesn't want to bring a lot of attention exactly. to it. Exactly. Exactly. And then, but the, the conversation doesn't get that awkward because, um, the, Mike then just kind of laughs it off and says, Oh geez, I wish, I wish I'd get paid for transmissions. I've, I fixed six years ago <laughs> six for, years. for Amco. Um, so then Larry thinks it's a prank because he says that he referenced Amco and he thinks, oh, you know, joke's on me. You know, Cheryl must have told her friends that what happened, you know, crashing in, you know, getting, you know, slammed into um, because of the Amco commercial. Um, but apparently it's not a prank. Mike actually owns two Amco service stations and, um, you know, Larry ends up telling Mike the whole story about what happened and how his car, 57 Chevy, got damaged. Um, Mike looks at, uh, offers to look at the car. He certainly, we find out that, you know, he not only owns these Amco stations, but also like grew up, you know, working on the, these types of cars. So he's like well qualified. Um, kind of, My father had a 57 Chevy. Yeah. I, I could take that car, I could take that car apart and put it, put it, put it together. Exactly, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so, which of course, everybody I know that works on cars always makes it seem like a nonchalant thing. But th- those are like, like 36 hour jobs sometimes to like take an entire motor apart, uh, apart depending right. on like, you know, the car, of course. Yeah, the, people talk a big game and then they're just like, yeah, bring it on over. I can fix it, no problem. And then like all of a sudden you get under the hood and you're like, son of a <laughs> bitch. And they're just like, <laughs> oh, I thought you said you could take this thing a whole yeah. part and put it back together again. It's like, 40 yeah, it's never cor- that easy. Yeah, 40 rusted, corroded, you know, nut, nuts and bolts later. Um, you finally get like one piece out. So <laughs> I do love their, their uh, like their banter back and forth and stuff too. And he even says something about the Amco commercial and... Uh, Mike says, oh, yeah, James Brolin. And so I didn't realize that I, when I was looking at the uh, subtitles. Like, James Brolin is the guy who does the voiceover uh, for the no ads kidding. for for Amco. I didn't know that yeah. either. Yeah, but I, um, I knew he references that. But, yeah, just like, you know, the whole back and forth where he's like, uh, and he's like, oh, I thought he was beeping. He's like, oh, no, no, it's just, that's, that's in the commercial. They'll be in the commercial. And he's like, yeah, I know that. And he's <laughs> exactly. Like, you know, and how he's like, oh, I turned back around. He's like, oh, he's like, oh yeah, sure. You thought it was a guy. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, he's like, right. He's cutting him off to, like, finish finish Larry's uh, statements. Um, it's just very good conversation because we've all been there where some, it's like, you can tell that Mike really wants to, um yeah, he gets this when like his wife comes over too. He's like, "Oh, I like this guy. Yeah, you know, he's gonna feed us too." Yeah. And it's like he's trying to be like super chummy, right? But it's like um, too much. Yeah, it's well, very, it's a lot. Even that was. But too Larry much. likes him. Yeah, but, at that scene. right, Larry likes him, and of course, Larry likes him because he's gonna help Larry out. 
to kind of get right. out of the out of the doghouse with Jeff, I guess. So um, we change scenes to the actual dinner because right at the end of this scene, the caterer comes over to Cheryl and says, you know, dinner's ready. So she has everybody go. Um, and of course, like you usually hear about, uh, unless you're with my mom, my mom like makes a sign seating, which is just absurd, but that's like her typical, her obsessiveness kicking in. Um, but like, you know, my mom will be like, Oh, you're going to sit here. You're going to sit there. You're going to sit there. <laughs> and I'm just like, okay, great. So I get stuck <laughs> sitting next to the losers <laughs> that I'm gonna have to talk to for six hours now. Um, but, but sometimes I like that, uh, assigned seating. Cause there's also like, I hate, there's nothing worse than like going someplace and people like sit where you want. And then you go to sit and then like, you know, there's like an empty seat. Cause it's like, you're trying to sit in couples or whatever, right. or somebody, you go to sit someplace and I kind of like hover around like my seat that I want to take. And I'm looking for Alice. I'm like, Can, should we sit here? Right. Do you want to sit right. here? And then like somebody's like, it's just like, it's all this stuff. But it's like, if you have your assigned seating, it's like, Oh, this is where we're going. It's a good this point. is what we're doing. Yeah. No, it's a good point. Um, there are pros and cons. Totally. Um, um, before we get too much into the scene too, I just, they had a couple of two, two different actors I wanted to talk about in the, the other scene. Um, Maggie, who is, um, oh, right. Mike Duffy's wife. wife in this. Yeah. So she's played by Maggie Baird. And so interestingly enough, she did have some TV work and stuff, but I, she has a ton of voiceover work for video games. Oh, wow. So she, um, Mass Effect, which I believe is an Xbox title. I think they have maybe at least three different games. She's been like a voice in all of them. Saints Row, um, and then some game called EverQuest. Um, so I just think that's interesting. Like when you see somebody's credits and like they, and those are some of her newer things. So somehow she's made a transition into like video game voiceovers. Yeah, that's interesting. And then um, Debbie, the caterer is played by Deborah uh, Theaker. And so she was actually um, the cosmetics manager of Halfway Home, which was that show that Kevin was oh, on. Oh, wow. Okay. So interesting, yeah. but then, um, but then she's also acting because she's been in this. She was in Two Broke Girls, and she, very recently she was just in uh, that new show on Netflix called Dead to Me with Christina Applegate. She was. Uh, my wife and I just finished that. Yeah, same. It said something with like Mrs. Something. I don't know if she's one of the parents of their moms or if she's somebody that's in the grieving group. Uh, I didn't get too far okay. into it, but she is in that show. No kidding. Yeah, I will have to take so. a look. Yeah, great show. Um, you just finished season two. Yeah, it's it's such a good it's like such a dark comedy, but oh, it is yeah. it's really funny. Yeah. I think Will Ferrell is a producer on it, and Adam McKay. Yes. Is, yep. yeah, it's a good show. Yep. Um, <clears throat> awesome. Yeah. So right, we're gonna see a little bit more of the caterer and uh, Debbie in a bit. <laughs> um, anyway, so we get to the dinner table, and Cheryl, um, <laughs> like I said, I'm thinking of the Elaine quote where he's like, "I'm gonna be at the singles table." With all the losers. <laughs> losers. Um, so Cheryl says to everybody, you know, sit wherever you want. Um, Mike, our buddy Mike here, takes that literally and um, ends up kind of grabbing the head of the table seat, kind of pushing, not per- like aggressively, but like aloof to the fact that he was kind of blocking Larry as Larry was trying to get there. And he like takes it. And it's just kind of, again, like, I think like Mike got so he's like so jacked up from like his positive encounter with Larry that he's just like gone off the rails now at this point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but he does make some kind of line about how he wants to sit at that chair because it has the wing back and the right has for his back support. For his back support, yes, right. Again, right, being aloof to the fact that it was the head of the table, I guess. Yeah, but at the same point, he, talks about he starts acting like he's like he starts acting. Is if somebody <laughs> at the head of the table should be acting. So it's hard to judge whether he was just aloof because he saw it and said, oh, that'll be good for my back. 
or if he was just like didn't realize he was at the head of the table until he was like already sitting there seems kind of strange yeah so maybe this is a good time do we want to play the audio from the scene i think we should yeah yeah i think we should this is (laughs) this this is fantastic all right so let's play it and then we'll uh we'll jump back and uh and discuss went back Oh, this is great. Huh? Look at this table, huh? Oh, God. China. These chairs, huh? Solid. You like that? Oh, yeah, we gotta get some with the wings on them, you know? Oh, we sure. go to Ethan Allen or something. Sure, Come on, sit down, Larry. Everybody, uh, just uh, dig right in, huh? I mean, there's uh, no reason to wait or anything like that. I mean, you know, we'll just take the courses as, as they come along. Dig in. You heard him, man. Dig in. Have yourself a good time, all right? I, I, I think Larry will agree with me on this. Uh, oh, for we sure. We don't stand in, on tradition in this, no, house, you know? Huh? No. However, there is. One tradition that uh, I particularly enjoy, and um, please join me. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Blesses the Lord of these thy gifts which we are about to receive from thy bounty through Christ our Lord, Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. Come on, let's break bread, huh? May I start with my salad now? Oh, sure, yeah. yeah. Sure. It's okay, to, he said it's okay to start the salad, everybody. Let's break bread. Let's break bread. Let's break bread. One more thing, one more thing, all right? Here's to friends, huh? Oh, oh yeah. Here's to friends, huh? Yeah. <laughs> well, that was a good show, friends. Did you have anything to do with that one? No. Nah, no. Hell of a show. Yeah, that's in reruns now, too, isn't it? Is it? Yeah. I can't believe they get paid every time it comes on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dig in. You heard the man. Take to the. Uh, I think we'll take the courses as they come. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. That's like literally the strangest of all. Like of all the lines, that's the most. That's the strangest line. Of course you are. Of course you are, but then you're also assuming that there's going to be, like, several courses. <laughs> That's true. So unless you've got, like, an invitation with, like, what the courses are going to be, right. um, kind of a, a pompous thing to say. You know, if it's just salad, dinner, and, you know, are you getting a soup after that? Are you sever- is serving several courses? Right, right. Is there a sorbet to cleanse the palate between? <laughs> like, we don't know. Um, oh, but, yeah, this real. line, I think Larry will agree with me on this. We don't stand on tradition in this house. Um, like, what does so that mean? He's just met Larry. Yeah. We don't stand on tradition in this house. But then he's like, there is one tradition, um, you know, that he likes. And so then he starts to say grace, right. which like, obviously we know like Larry David is Jewish and like, you know, to sit at the head of a table where Larry is Jewish and then to say grace, like, I don't know, it's just kind of an interesting thing. And obviously Larry talks about it later. Right. There's a lot of um, social violations that this guy Mike's done in the, in the span of like 30 seconds. And, yeah. Yeah. A very small time. Yeah. Um, and in terms of one of the lines that reminded me of the uh, Seasons 4 Survivor episode, the, he said, let's break bread. And it's just like this, like, you know, let, you know, the idea of breaking bread is like sometimes, you know, synonymous with like, you know, communion right, and like right, whatever. Right. And like, so after saying grace, he said, let's break bread. And it's just like, that's just the icing on the cake. Right. And then just when you think that's done, then he's like, oh, one more thing. And he's like to friends or whatever. And it's like, yeah, like he, he just met these people. The yeah. It's so strange. But because he. I'm thinking like when when Larry first walks over to talk to Mike, he seems like kind of like a shy guy. Yeah. But then he gets like totally jacked up, I guess, just from his encounter. It's kind of like Matt Farley in the uh, yes. the Rat Dog episode. It's very he's much. like really shy, and then he's like, "Hey, I kind of overheard you talking about a high school production <laughs> in Greece or middle school production." Up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so <laughs> it goes from zero to sixty. So, um, yeah. and I just love Larry is just like openly mocking him. Like, it's not even subtle. Can I eat my salad? Yeah, yeah. like, and it's like everybody kind of chuckles because knowing what Larry's trying to, like, bring about. And he's like, it's okay to, you know, have our salads, everyone. Um, which, again, <laughs> it seemed, like, playfully, you know, and joyful, not, like, malicious. But you could tell Larry was still kind of annoyed 
Um, right. And then, yeah, <laughs> I love this. So then they, they start eating and Larry's sitting next to Mike and Mike says, ask, ask Larry about the show Friends. And he says, well, you, do you have anything to do with that show? And Larry's just like, no, no. Hell, hell of a show. Hell of a show. Hell of a show. <laughs> Which I don't know if Larry feels that way. I mean, I'm sure he does because he probably knew plenty of people on the show. But like that was a Seinfeld competitor. You know, I mean, it was, oh, yeah. it was like. We see there's all the memes now where it's like Seinfeld is better than Friends. Yes, and, exactly. Um, which is so true. Yeah, that's just so funny. Yeah. Um, but it is interesting to say that, you know, he's probably pissed off at Mike, but not as much as he was with um, his next door neighbor because his stomach doesn't hurt. Right. Um, there's something wrong with my stomach. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So he's not at that level. No, yet. He no, can still eat he's his not. Salad. Yeah. And I think it, it's also because like Mike is so like on board with helping Larry out or helping Larry and Jeff out. So it's like probably hard to get mad at somebody who's going to like do you a big favor. Yeah. Um, well, then he was going to do him a favor with like the wire, you know. True. He doesn't just say he can do things. Yeah, he doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> if I if I can do them, I I can I say I can do. So <laughs> I love how Larry is just like a hat. He's kind of had it with Mike though because he he chooses to then just turn back, turn to his right, and he's he's sitting next to Pat. Pat's on his other Larry's right side, um, and he seems so kind of burned out with with Mike that he's now going to like subject himself to more conversation <laughs> about moving to Downey although he says oh you're moving to Covina so you're moving to Covina <laughs> well, actually we're moving to Downey we're in Covina now yeah uh, which is such a it's such, like the subtleties right it's such a funny thing he could have been like so you're moving to Downey and he could have been like yeah but by Larry asking so you're moving to Covina is so much funnier because it's like that's all they've been talking about all night right. and Larry still could give a shit less about it <laughs> right. that he's like he says he the wrong yeah, no, thing yeah. it's it's amazing um, too because it's you know and Pat ugh. yeah he's the way he's in this conversation too and I like I was just at my uh, in-laws and it's like uh, Allison's dad's thing possibly buying some property and it's like I love when you start talking about property because you start talking about like rights of way and like the shapes of the property and like you know egress and like what like yeah. it's just like so he starts talking about he's like well the shape of the property it's a it's a trapezoid <laughs> and actually um one part um actually abuts a railroad right uh, which actually brings down our taxes <laughs> and he's just like it's so fucking lame oh, yeah. and and it's just like he's just he just again like he doesn't care about what larry thinks about or he's not I don't know how you can't gauge that yes, he's not interested in it. that's what it is. It. It's a social awkwardness. I, I have coworkers like that where, um, you know, I, I start listening and it, it, I just, I'm constantly thinking of Jim Carrey sitting at the bar when the, what, you know, undercover FBI no. agent. Yes, I don't. <laughs> yeah, no. And I don't care. Exactly. <laughs> and I don't care. Um, just give me the damn number. <laughs> so it's very much like that. I don't want to be next to Pat. At a dinner uh, party, for sure. I'd rather be, or Mike, rather be really. at, or yeah, I'd rather be at Porno Gills party. Yeah, <laughs> a porn. Party. Imagine seeing them at Porno Gills party. Um, oh, <laughs> so of course, as any married couple would appreciate, you have like the post uh, evening debrief, you know, in the bedroom. In this case, the post party. Uh, Larry and Cheryl are in their bedroom, and Larry asks her, "When when is the next meeting of the Young Republicans Club?" And I. I think what he's invoking there is just like that everybody there were just like kind of a bunch of stiffs um, and boring. You know what I mean? So like that tends to be like a liberal, you know, reference to many like conservatives, probably especially out in California is like right. conservatives are kind of like stiff. They're not really hip to like, you know, they're not really cultured or whatever. 
Well, probably like potentially Christian too. Like yeah, he said grace true. at the table. True, good point. Um, you know, it sounds like he's a, he's a business owner. He's probably a little bit more, you know, fiscally conservative potentially right, too. And, right. Um, and I took that the Young Republicans Club when I searched that. Um, I found the Young Republicans National Federation, mm-hmm. um, which I think is kind of like, I think it's synonymous with the Young Republicans Club, or or sometimes like high schools and colleges have a Young Republicans Club. Right. Um, but anyway, that the Young Republicans uh, Natural Federation was uh, National Federation was founded in 1931. So I just kind of took a note on that right there. Nice. Um, but it was it was it was funny, and that reminds me of the is it the Seder. When uh, is yeah, it Jeff's cousin, Jeff's cousin or whatever? Or whatever yeah. Is he a little, uh, a little? <laughs> yeah. and they, they use their hand, right. and it's like it means that he's like conservative. Right, right. It's so yeah, it's so good. <laughs> you have a great president every uh, right every so many fifth, years. Yeah, so yeah, no, it, it, it's just like that. And um, but you're right, there is like the religious element because then immediately after he's like, next time I want some Jews in the house. <laughs> yes, some some Cohen's, yes, some Bernstein's, Goldsteins, Goldsteins and, and a Schwartz. <laughs> <laughs> I love how, and then after he's like, and anything in that area of names yes. yeah um so if you didn't really know if larry was like annoyed about the seat he like then asked he's like what what about that guy who took my seat like he doesn't even say mike because it's like it's kind of like a new person he just met he's just like that guy one of all of these people you invited that i didn't know to the house mm-hmm. it's like what about that guy who took my seat um and of course cheryl's like well why didn't you say something which I this is what like annoys the shit out of me like with Cheryl and Larry is that sometimes Cheryl is like is like you know Monday morning quarterbacking Larry's yes and if Larry did what you know she suggested like well why didn't you say something that would have made for an awkward social moment like oh that's my seat yeah she would have been like Larry like why don't you just let him sit there I said anyone could sit anywhere they right. want you know exactly he, there's no way he no way he can win this. right. So he does the right thing by just not making, bringing attention to it in the moment. But then he says, well, I didn't want to say something because then like, you know, Mike's going to fix Jeff's car. Yeah, exactly. So it's again, he's like feels, you know, tied to him and not wanting to upset him because he's going to do this favor. Um, And then, yeah, there's some really great um, religious, you know, especially in the next season, uh, you know, discussions where Larry just plays so ignorant to Christian uh, like <laughs> orthodoxy and and traditions, uh, so he inquires about the cross. Um, yeah, which now it, the name, you know, of course, comes past me. But like, I, there's a specific name for like you know doing the cross, and I can't. I think when, like when you genuflect, is that what it's called? Yeah, I believe. Yeah, so. so you know the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the you know watch wallet, you know that that whole thing. Um, and Larry is wondering, like, he's like, how far do you go down? for the, you know, son, you know, father, son, uh, and then the Holy Spirit. So he says, do you go down to your belly button? Um, and Cheryl says, well, some people go down, but, uh, you know, most people just go down to the chest. So, you know, again, this is like a 30 seconds of, of a conversation of, you know, I don't know. I guess Larry just being so ignorant to Christian culture or he just like doesn't he's just oblivious to it I guess do you get anything no just like genuflecting is like when you take a knee so like if you're like see I'm Catholic so it's like when you go when you go into a church and like before you get in your pew like you're you're supposed to kind of like kneel before you go into like your pew I know that's called genuflecting but like the only thing you can find is like 
they call it like a sign of the cross. Yep. You know, we know it's the Trinity. So like, there's a lot of just like that, but I'm sure it has like a, um, you know, like you said, like an old, its own name, but I can't, I can't find it right now. I slow your row there about the Trinity, pal. That's cat. That's some Catholic stuff right there. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so that, you know, it makes sense that Larry would be kind of, I mean, it'd be one thing to be aloof about like kneeling before you go into a pew, but it's like another thing to be so aloof that like you've never seen a Christian like, you know, do the sign of the cross. Yeah. I don't know. So he's kind of like being a little we used to drive like. Do you ever used to drive with my brother Ricky? Like he used to do that, but when he would ever he would drive past a yes, a, a cemetery, a cemetery, yeah. <laughs> yeah, which would make it all the more freaky if it wasn't freaky. Yes. At all. yeah, same person who would want to go ghost hunting at night in a cemetery. Oh, I yeah, love it, which is amazing. Yeah, he's like, oh, we have to respect that, and he's just like, get the get the EVPs. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, so, of course, the conversation is talking about you know Christian traditions and. Then Larry, they're laying there and Larry just says, uh, well, looks like someone lost a bet. Um, of course, referencing that Larry made it clear he did not have a good time at the party. Therefore, he is to get a blowjob in the car at some point in some future time. I think it's safe to say that Larry tried to have a good time and he didn't. I, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I mean, he was pleasant to everybody. Uh, I mean the conversations, the Covina and Downey yeah, snoozer, right? Uh, the the take this little lady on a cruise, the Annie Oakley, right. like that's a like snoozer. Cheryl has literally and the lamest the, friends ever. Yeah, and then the only person that he seemed to hit it off with was Mike until he went off the rails <laughs> and like just like hijacked his like ho- head of household duties. Right, <laughs> right, right. Um, that's a bad night. That's a yeah. That's a strange night too. But you're right. I think he he went into it with a with a clean slate. Uh, mm-hmm. And certainly was let down by some of these w- w- weirdos, uh, but yeah, that's not what's talking. I'm surprised Larry doesn't didn't say like you to Cheryl like you have some weird friends. Like what a what a strange like a leper colony collection of friends. Well, I think that's what he meant by the young Republicans. Yeah, right? I guess you're that, right. That was his dig at them. Right, they're lame, they're weird, they're awkward. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which in, in some ways he was right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so next scene, of course, the, the, the morning after Larry and Cheryl are up, uh, they're in the kitchen and, uh, Larry comes in and says, I have a request. Can we switch back to Colgate toothpaste? <laughs> there's no, there's no taste with that Indian thing, uh, which I don't know what he's referencing, but maybe I'm, I'm assuming he's referencing like a natural, uh, you know, Burt's Bees toothpaste kind of thing. I don't know. Yeah, that's what I was looking into too. I typed like Indian toothpaste, and that was definitely no help. Right, right, right. <laughs> but um, yeah, like my wife and I use like Tom's. Tom's, um, right. And then there's uh, I don't know if Burt's Bees makes one. I'd be surprised if they didn't. Um, but there, my we, my wife goes to Trader Joe's a lot, and we got this one, and it's um, it's got like a a licorice uh flavor to it. Um, and it's like it's it's nasty, and so we still have like this tube of toothpaste. And I just, I don't know what it is, but like, maybe I'm cheap, but I'm like, oh, like, don't throw it away. Like it's toothpaste. Like I'll, I'll muscle through it. I'll use it. I don't mind it all that much. Um, but it's one of these things like her brother came, um, into town and he didn't have toothpaste. And I was like, oh, you got to try this. (laughs) And, uh, he was just like, oh, this is disgusting. (laughs) Yeah. So it's like, when you guys come, like I'll have you, uh, that's amazing. Yeah. I can't wait. Um, so whatever, you know, and again, it makes sense that, you know, and Cheryl is very environmentally friendly. We probably want to use all natural products, these types of things. So um, it makes sense that he has to kind of 
coax her to be like, hey, can we? Without just being like, I'm buying Colgate toothpaste. You know, you use your own toothpaste kind of thing. So he, after he's having this conversation, he sees a message on the answering machine, which they think is weird because it's early in the morning. When did, we didn't hear a call. Who, when did they leave the message? <clears throat> they play, Jeff, um, Larry plays the answering machine. It was at 7.30 and it's Mike, our buddy Mike. 7.32 on Saturday morning, yeah. yeah. Seems seems a little early um, to call somebody, especially... The night after a party. Yeah, exactly. Um, again, the cutoff, or the cut on, I guess. <laughs> well, yeah, we don't know. We don't know what the the cut on. Yeah, is. what is the cut on? I'm not. I'm not entirely sure. Um, so the message is basically Mike saying he was feeling weird about something from last night. He asked Larry to call <laughs> him back later in the day when he's in the office. I just love how like he's like, "You have my number. Uh, you know, give me a call." Um, <laughs> And Larry's totally in the right. He goes like, well, what kind of message is that to leave at 730? He he either should have done two things. He either should have just said, hey, it's Mike. I uh, wonder, you know, give me a call back when you get a chance. Uh, I'd like to speak with you, you know, as soon as possible. Or he tells you on the answer machine, like, what he's feeling weird about. But instead, right. he kind of, it's this ominous thing. It's in between. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and people do that all the time as Larry references, like, why do people do this? Um, he's like, now I have to think about this all day. And that's my big pet peeve with it is like, you know, great. So now this is going to be like, you know, ominous text messages too. It's kind of the same thing. Um, like, oh, I got to yeah, tell you I something. used to get this a lot with the, um, the other doctor I used to practice with. And I remember I would talk to you like through it. And, um, before I went into my own practice, it was just like, especially towards the end, um, you know, we, we weren't seeing like out of eye as much and it was just like, whatever. But I would get like these like ominous like he would text a lot but every once in a while i'd get like a phone call and it would be like these like hey we need to talk yeah. when he, when can you when when can you talk today right. or hey we need to talk uh when are you in the office and i'd be like i'd get this pit in my stomach and i'm like just swing in or call me right. or text me like because i'm just like as soon as i get that i'm like we need to talk like what the hell is yeah. this and it's just like and sometimes it was fine and then sometimes it wasn't. And so it's just like, you never knew what you were going to get. Right. Um, so as soon as you got that message, I know exactly where he's at. It's like feeling weird about something. And it's just like to leave that at seven thirty and say, I'm going to be in at like 12 or 1230. So like, you know, chew on that for the next like three or four hours. <laughs> right. Right. Is, he can't just pick up the phone and call him right away and, and get to the bottom. No. It, it, he has to wait. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. It's, it's terrible. And people, people just have no voicemail, you know, Etiquette. etiquette yeah that's really what it's about it's like one of larry's great rules um <laughs> and honestly i started laughing thinking about how great it would be to start pranking people by doing this like like you know just text somebody and just be like hey like we need to talk um and then you know when they like call you just like it's something so trivial um yeah and, but go ahead and talk to in a while just wanted to see how you were doing and it's just yeah, like, like hey we need to talk hell? as in like yeah. we hadn't talked in a while but like to do it where you you like the person has to bring it up and be like well wait why did you send me that frantic text message and be like it wasn't frantic you know i was just saying hey oh you you read that there's no tone in a text message you must have read it as frantic yeah i just said we need to talk exactly so maybe we should i feel like your brother ricky would be a good candidate for that Oh, Ricky would freak out. Well, Ricky's he'll always he'll call me or text me like hey are you busy right now and i'll be like like that mean that's his cue that he like he wants to talk right. it's just kind of funny like yeah 
I'm like, I don't know. I, do you want to talk? And he's like, yeah, I, I could talk. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I assume so, because you called me. Um, so they're kind of trying to figure out, Larry and Cheryl trying to brainstorm on like why Mike would be upset. Of course, Larry initially says, well, it's probably like maybe he feels bad about taking my seat. So in that case, it's not really a big thing because Larry kind of was already anticipating that that was like an awkward moment. But then Cheryl puts it in his head. And of course, she's kind of overthinking it that she was talking to somebody else at the party about. She was talking to Allison. Allison, okay. About their house on Martha's Vineyard. Right, about their house on Martha's Vineyard and how Larry doesn't like anybody using their guest house on Martha's Vineyard. Um, And Cheryl continues by saying that she thinks Maggie overheard her say that, um, which wouldn't, you know, so Larry's saying like, well, what is, who cares? But I guess Maggie and Mike, you know, go to Martha's Vineyard like every year or whatever. So it made it seem that maybe Maggie thought that Cheryl purposely kind of said it to get Maggie to close he- enough to exactly. her to, like yeah. this kind of malicious, like passive aggressive. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you how we don't like and make sure I say it loud enough. So this person hears it. So they don't ask to stay, you know, at our house. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I wish Cheryl had never put that in Larry's head. Cause I'm just like, no, like the, the, usually the simple answer is like the correct answer when it comes to like social interactions with people. So, right. Which is what Larry thought it was. Right, right. Right. Like, yeah. And then like we were just saying, like when you leave an ominous thing, like we have a tendency to start overthinking things. So that's kind of what Cheryl, I think just did is she like overthought it big time. And Mike's calling and leaving a message saying that he feels weird about something. I think he said that he did or feeling something weird about last night. So that's not, Mike wouldn't really talk to Larry about that because Larry never had that conversation with Mike about anything about Martha's Vineyard. Right, right, right. So exactly. um, Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Um, Well, so I guess while Larry tries to bide time before he can talk to Mike, he says, oh, you know what? I'm going to get one of those Apple turnovers from last night, I guess, to have one for breakfast, which is always a great thing. Does, you know, dessert or pastry for breakfast. I mean, it's just like mm, it's so good. Good start to the day right there. Um, yeah. And uh, he, he opens the fridge, sees no leftovers, asks Cheryl where the food is. Um, Cheryl walks over. They're both kind of flummoxed. There's no leftovers in the fridge. Not only are there are no Apple turnovers, but there's no anything. Neither of them said that anybody could take any food home, particularly the caterer. Um, but then Larry says he starts to rem- he starts remembering that he thought he saw the caterer kind of walking out with a platter to the <laughs> caterer's car, which that wouldn't like. And then Cheryl kind of gets mad at him saying like, well, why would you yeah, say, anything? but that's like, yeah. but she's probably bringing equipment that she'd be bringing back to her car. Why would you assume that there's food in there? That's what I said. We don't really know where the food is. Maybe she had some food there and she was taking the platter back to refill it to bring it back in. Right, like, right. if somebody's walking away with something, doesn't necessarily mean that it's they're throwing it out or whatever. Like, we don't, you don't no, know. No, of course not. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that's why I'm kind of in, like, Cheryl gets like on his case for like no reason. Um, but then she's like, you know, oh, it's totally unprofessional. You shouldn't listen to Jeff for anything anymore. So it's like it always, Jeff always Larry, gets thrown on the bus with Cheryl. Yeah. And I love Larry says, he's very unprofessional. And Larry says, I know because my whole career has been, ba- been being based on being unprofessional. I know, which is a great um, line. Yeah. 
but that's yeah when you get the shower like as she's as she's like ringing up she's like you should never listen to jeff when it comes to anything i don't know why i need to keep telling you right this. right again <laughs> yeah um and it's probably and that's it doesn't really seem like it's jeff's fault at least at this point you don't really know no. like everyone enjoyed the food right. she showed up under short notice because their other cater canceled like right. it seems like jeff is fine right right now right. and yeah, yeah i mean again yeah and in some ways it's like you're lucky you found a caterer that could do something that last minute yeah exactly um so the caterer answers the phone and cheryl asks her uh um where you know where our leftovers were and you know again i love these one-sided phone calls we've talked about yes. this uh and yeah. it's so it's so much better because then you just hear cheryl say well why would you think you could take the leftovers so it's like you know you have confirmation now that she said well i took them with me um yeah. and and then she says well larry's gonna come pick them up because if we don't basically it's like if we don't get our leftovers we're not you know i'm gonna cancel the check which is a pretty hard-nosed position it's to hardcore. take, yeah. Because you're not just paying yes. for the food; you're paying for the the service. The service, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, granted, if you signed a contract that you know literally states that you know you get rights to all the leftover food, um, then I guess it's you know then that's a problem. But I doubt that any of that happened. It was probably just on like a call, say, hey. You know, I'm in a bind, you know, can you show up? And if it's just somebody working out of their house, it's probably a relatively simple contract. Um, mm-hmm. So, but it's also like the norm that you keep the food. So she throws Larry under the bus to say, well, Larry will come pick up the food. And I love <laughs> when it cuts to Larry because he's has that classic face like, what the fuck? Why are you like, you know, you know, volunteering me to do this? Well, yeah, you're saying we're going to cancel order on your check unless we get this food back and we're going to. So it's it's a super toxic place that you're about to enter <laughs> into. She thinks she's not going to get paid for the food that she purchased, right. her time. Right. Um, it seems that we find out that she has an assistant. So it's it's somewhat of an operation. Yep. Right. It's not just like a woman cooking food. True. Um, yeah. It's yeah. So, yeah. He who wants to go there to pick it up. Like, right. And not only that, you've already threatened not to pay. <laughs> so it's kind of on her to bring the food back. If you ask me. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's just obviously to get her over there to move the plot along. But it is like, this is that other thing that you said, like when Cheryl, you know, when she's like, oh, why don't you say anything? Why don't you take your chair back? Like, this is another one where it just like, she's just throws Larry, like Larry's going to go and pick it right. up. And it's just like, why, like, why are you going to make him do that? <laughs> right. That's such a bad situation to be I know. into. But he, he does, he's great in it. Cause he's like he's just so good he's like you know i feel like you rarely see larry like affirmative like you do in the next scene um yeah when he arrives and in terms of the one-sided the one-sided phone call too i love when she's like um you know the 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 leftovers and and cheryl says who told you you could take them and she says oh so nobody said that you couldn't take them or something like (laughs) that so like her excuse was like yeah, I took them. Who said you could take them? Well, nobody said I couldn't take them. <laughs> exactly. Which is ridiculous. Right. It's like if you've been in the business, like, you know, especially in those small parties, like you leave what's left, like in a tin. Small parties in floor. somebody's house, for sure, you leave the leftovers. Yes. You're usually kind of talking to the people there, too, and you're like, well, I'm going to leave this. And sometimes they're like, oh, can you just take it to a soup kitchen? Or they'll be yeah. like, can you donate it or whatever? Right. Um, I think your bigger parties, like when you used to cater like w- weddings for like hundreds and hundreds of people, like we would we would just kind of take it all oh boy um, would we <laughs> <laughs> dude we would have these people that would work for us work with us that 
um, you know the people I'm talking about that would like bring Ziploc bags with them. <laughs> like, yes. And they were just like, so after the food was over, they're like, freeze. <laughs> and they would just like be scooping like in the gallon size bags, yeah. just like pasta with red sauce right. and like chunks of like filet mignon, just like. Oh, yeah. You know. Like, yeah, $50 pieces of meat, just d- taking four and, of them, you know. And better yet, like if that was your party, if you didn't like anything you had, by the time you got back to the commissary and people were like loading, you'd have like people unloading carts. And then, then when you'd go to put your food back, there'd be people that had already finished their parties. Yes. And like, they, they were like in the walk-in with all the other leftovers from the other parties. Right. And they were like taking their own food. <laughs> yeah. And you're trying to like, you're like dead as a dog. You worked like 12 hours and you're just like trying to like put your cart in the fridge. Yeah. And like, somebody's like looking at it as you're trying to push it in. You're like, Get the fuck away from me, like, and they're just like they're like uh, seagulls. Oh yeah, like exactly, vultures. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I um, oh man, I remember in the during the uh, the glory days before there was like less. I guess when there was less oversight on that, um, there'd be like <laughs> leftover desserts and stuff, like full like entire oh. cakes. Like I remember yes. somebody going home with like an entire like, you know. Like a tier of a wedding exactly. cake. Yeah, like the bottom the bottom <laughs> tier. Like the, like a massive cake. And I was just like, what is happening right now? Like um and I remember like back in the day, like your dad had to like talk to like the dishwashers to kind of say like you can take pasta. Can you police that? Yeah, you can take yeah. the oh, potatoes, yeah. take the cheap shit, but you can't be taking like filet mignons. Um Well, yeah, that started getting to that where people would just start taking um <laughs> you know, fifty you know, eighty dollars worth of like cuts of of meat that was you know uncooked or whatever, right. or could have been used for um you know for sandwiches or for other stuff that my dad could repurpose stuff for. Right. And, um. And then you know we uh, you know the other people that would just start taking like other things where they're just like they would start going shopping. Yeah. They just start taking pounds of butter or things with half and half. <laughs> just because it was there. Yeah. Uh, he was one of the worst offenders too. Like I remember we'd be going to parties. We'd be we'd be saran wrapping um <clears throat> sheet trays of like the uh cheesecake lollipops or like past you know past hors d'oeuvres and he would come mm-hmm. over and just start like grabbing them. Like we we yeah, had well, them while you're trying, while to, you're wrap trying to wrap them. We had them counted out. Like they you know it's yeah. not like you show up with 800 pounds of this stuff you it's based on how many people are going to be at the party he'd just like be like munching on everybody's like hors d'oeuvre trays be like get the fuck out of here see i just can't imagine he probably just like didn't eat anything like he would just like get, eat all of his meals either through leftovers oh, yeah. or stuff before it went out absolutely that was always the worst when you were like you're making an hors d'oeuvre tray and like you're like plating it and like people are like eating off your hors d'oeuvre <laughs> It's like a, it's like a it's like a mixed tray for like the bride and groom on their wedding day, <laughs> yeah. and you got like some like you know yeah. fat wait staff that's like oh what is this oh, and I was just like oh and you're like just don't eat yeah. off my tray wait till it comes back yeah. and everyone else has touched it then you can then you can eat that it's but I would never eat anything that came off a tray and like people would be like what are you guys gonna do with those and like throw them out like it went it cut past right it's been sitting Somebody out it's like a beef Wellington it. right. it's got like boars in it it's got like it's got like dairy in it yep. and the guy's like well can I have it and it's like sure dude have <laughs> yeah, at it go nuts man <laughs> oh, good stuff or like my favorite would be like the Rhodes chicken and cause like that that was just like a free for all cause it was just all cheap food anyway it was pasta yes. and you know potatoes <laughs> and chicken and rice or whatever um, but I remember yeah. like even I would just cause they'd always be, they, we would overcount those things by like the hundreds I felt like. Well, we made them in sheet trays. You, you would just count by sheet trays right. and sometimes you could get like what, 35, uh, chicken breast stuff with rice on a sheet right, tray. Right. And then if it was like that wedding, 
I remember you'd just take them out of like out of the freezer and you would just like drop the sheet tray on the ground <laughs> to, the to like loosen them up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you basically it was like you would do the math by like how many sheet trays and like you would just like cut in half in terms of like a sheet tray and a half for this party. Right. Um, but that accounts for like you said like so many you know twenty extra chicken. Breasts, oh yeah, right. It would um, feed the whole staff. You know like multiple yes. times over. I mean, I remember, I remember like having like two entire chicken breasts <laughs> with like rice, like in, like in one hand and then in another hand, I was just like eating like with my hands. And that's the thing too. Like you're just like, there's so much food around you and it's all going to get thrown out anyway. Yeah. So you just start doing stupid shit like that where like, I've done that too, where it's like, you would just take a piece of like filet yep. in one hand and then like, you know, something else, like a, a scoop of potatoes <laughs> right, in the other hand, and you just be, you were just be eating them. <laughs> it was awesome, uh, man, yeah. Uh, and those aren't even the crazy stories. Um, no. So those will come up, I'm sure, down the down the line here. But um, <clears throat> anyway, we should keep moving. Anyway, yes. The, um, <laughs> the, the caterer's home. So Larry gets to the caterer's home, and um, she says to him, you know, after obviously he's asking where the food is, she says, "I'm I'm really not not sure that everything survived the trip here," um, and she's kind of fumbling with her words the whole time. Like it's very suspect uh, the way she's talking here. And, <laughs> and I love Larry, like you said earlier, survived the trip here. Where'd you come from, the Sudan? <laughs> uh, and she and then she's like, then she, this is like a really passing line, but she goes, "Well, I have a I have a really hot van." Which I put in quotations like, <clears throat> that's literally the last thing in the world you'd want as a caterer. Because if, if you have food that's baking in a hot van, yeah, it's like bacteria city. Like, and how far how far is her kitchen from, from them right. that it couldn't survive being in a... You know, the food's kind of cooked. It can, it can sit. It can sit for a little while. Know, yeah. Yeah. But it's like, well, yeah, she's not... What did she park at? Like a, like a Target, you know, lot for six yeah. hours? Or did and she like baked? not unload it? Not unloaded to like the next morning or something right. like that. Oh, that's disgusting. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> my my favorite part in this scene <clears throat> is that after this kind of initial interaction, Larry just like immediately is like like an interrogator, and he's just like, "Where's the chicken?" Like that. That's yeah. Like, starts asking for other. Yeah. Things. Where's the yeah. chicken? And she's like, "Well, there really isn't any chicken left." And they kind of go back and forth on the chicken, <laughs> and he's like, "Did you throw it out?" And then all of a sudden, there were like three pieces. Yeah, she's like what? Like, a few like she just like randomly caves. It's so weird. She's so weird. But then she grabs the way she grabs that pan and just slams it down. And he's like, "Oh, okay." And then where's the rest of it? She, where's the rest of it? Yeah. <laughs> and then I love the um, Larry's like, "That's a mystery to you." The apple turnovers. <laughs> yeah, that's so good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> right. Where's the rest of it? She's like, "I gave I gave it away to a homeless shelter, soup kitchen." Yeah. yeah. Oh, you gave it. You gave it to us. Yes, yes, I did. Oh, where, where's this shelter? It says the Scott Mission on Fourth. So I'm wondering if that's a real shelter. I didn't look it up. Um, but I love Larry. He's like, oh, so they eat gourmet food there, huh? She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then as as they're kind of having this conversation, Carmel, who is like uh, her assistant or the second caterer, yeah, and she's credited as caterer's assistant. She's played by Alexis Ross, and she's actually the show's script and continuity supervisor. Um, which I don't know when she took this role because she's already messed up with the, the homeless guy. So, I yeah. So what else? What else does she have on her? That's mean? it. It's just curb. Just curb. 
Oh, wow. So script supervisor, and then she has this one. No, content. Like, so she's in charge of the continuity. Oh, wow. Oh, that is weird. Yeah. Maybe that's why she's not on there anymore. Yeah. So it's kind of funny <laughs> how, like, she, she comes in and she, you know, she kind of blows up. You know the caterer's spot with a uh, you know Dr. Moff's like thank thank you Carmel yeah I mean she's like already messed up the continuity of uh, <laughs> of the homeless person of the homeless person that's so good yeah wow that comes full circle um, but yeah I love when she's like yeah sorry to interrupt but I, I dropped the food off at Jeff's and Larry's just like sniffing it out like a rise like, Jeff's Jeff, Jeff Greens Jeff Greens thanks Carmel thank you Carmel Can like she's so passive aggressive yeah yeah um. Does he have the Apple turnovers or do do you? Anyway, we should play this because yes. like there's so many good lines here and you just have to hear it. Um, but I like, yeah, like you said, like, oh, the, that's a mystery to you. The Apple turnovers. <laughs> it's, it's probably a good one. But uh. um, I'm really not sure that everything survived the trip here. So survived the trip here. I Where have did you a very come from? hot Sudan? I mean, I don't. What are you talking about? Where's the chicken? We had a whole... There really isn't any chicken left. There's no chicken left. Not really. I don't know what happened to all the chicken. What'd you do with it? You threw it out? There was maybe... There was three pieces of chicken. Three pieces of chicken? Yes. Oh, go. where'd that come from? Sorry about that. There you go. Yeah? Where's the rest of it? That I... I gave it away to um, a homeless shelter. You gave it to a homeless yes, shelter? Yes, I did. Yes, mm. I did. And where is this homeless shelter? The Scott um, Mission on 4th. So they eat, they eat uh, this gourmet food, huh? Catered food? Uh, sorry to interrupt, but I dropped the food off at Jeff's. Thank you, Carmel. Did you want to maybe check on the buns out back? Oh. Jeff Greens? You dropped the food off at Jeff Thanks, Greens. Thanks, Carmel. Thanks. Does he have the apple turnovers, or do you have them? I don't know anything about the apple turnovers. Uh, you don't? No, That's I a don't mystery to you, the apple turnovers. I don't know what happened. I think maybe people finished them off last night. That's, that's your theory for pretty much everything, isn't it? Why don't you go buy yourself 10 Apple turnovers? I did. You know what? I did buy them. Spring for them. I bought them last night, and somebody took them. I, I love the idea that um, of caterers taking food. I mean, that's just like a great, that's a great plot. And then also know? how rude she gets. Like, I couldn't, you know, she just turns and she's like, why don't you go and buy yourself some apple turnovers? And he's like, I did. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I did. <laughs> and somebody took them. <laughs> yeah. And she's yeah. like, why don't you spring for him? She's like, I'll pay. And she goes to reach, you know, to pay him. But, you know, she should pay him for the apple turnovers because he did pay for him and he doesn't have them anymore. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a bizarre, it's a bizarre thing, but it's, it's perfect. So, I, you know, so obviously Larry gets wise here based on, on this woman, Carmel, what she said about dropping food off at Jeff's. So Larry shows up at Jeff's and somehow gets into his house without knocking, without anybody, I guess, letting him in. Well, we don't know. Um, Susie's not in this episode, so it just seems like it's just Jeff at his house and Larry's just kind of slowly approaching him as he sits down and he's eating. Hey. <laughs> yeah. hey, so I was just going to call you. Um, he's eating like chicken larange or you know, that's what it looks like. Yeah. And um, he seems to enjoying it, but he's acting, certainly acting guilty of something. And uh, I love how Larry just approaches him. He's like, ah, enjoying the chicken? <laughs> <laughs> She's good cook. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. He's trying to like, kind of like negotiate his way out of it. He's like, well, she is a good cook, you know, even though she stole your food. Um, so I'm surprised Larry, he goes to... Um, 
you know, Jeff's like, sit down, sit down, you know, have, have an apple turnover. And he says, don't suggest any more people to me or for me, okay? I'm right. surprised he, like, takes Cheryl's advice on that because I guess he's kind of annoyed at this point. The caterer's yeah, sketchy. Yeah, I think he's annoyed because how combative she was. Right. Probably, yeah. Right. And that she's, like, in cahoots with Jeff, which is pretty strange. It is, but then, like, Jeff makes this line where he says, oh, like, I was going to bring it over later. I'm sure you weren't going to mind if I took it. Right. But, like, the caterer never said, like, on the phone, like, oh, I brought it home and, like, Jeff's going to bring it to you later today. And it's something that she might not have had to say, like, if they didn't call for the food, like, Jeff would have been off scot-free. But she probably could have backed up and said, like, when they were like, where's our food? She could have said that and then called Jeff and been like, hey. Right. Like, I know I usually give you food that I get over, but, like, the David's called and they want that food back. So like I told him that you have it and they'll be over later. Or, you know what I mean? Like she could have yeah. like got out of it because right. he sounds like he was going to bring it over later. He said, right, right. He was just trying to like sneak a few, yeah, bites. a little bit of the food. Yeah. Right. It's a good point. He was like, Oh, well Jeff called, you know, I talked to Jeff. He said, I'll take it. I'm going over there later. Yeah. It's like an easy cover right. for her anyway. Yeah. But yeah, she's super sketchy about it. 10% of my salary, 10% of my food. <laughs> yeah. Stop it. Stop it. Stop like, it. Because that does, just, like, confirms that it's true. Um, and he changes the subject. He's like, Amco guy, what are the odds? You know? Yeah. Um, talking but then about also watching him watch like, Larry eat the Daffle turnover, and he's like, hmm. Mm. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> right. Um, and of course, Jeff has this kind of thing with, with Larry where he can kind of get him, you know, to to kind of chill out I guess in some ways because Jeff's pretty low key for the most part Mm -hmm. Um, and I love Larry he's like well there might be a problem with that and Jeff's like what did you do right this is like immediately Larry's probably at fault and he so Larry describes again this whole paranoia of oh you know Cheryl was talking to one friend and the other friend over you know overheard about us you know people using our Martha's Vineyard house and it's like this whole like expansive complex like scenario when the simplest thing was the whole time this whole chair uh, issue of you know taking the head of the table so Larry and Jeff then the scene changes and they are at the Amco station at Mike's shop and Larry and Jeff are kind of standing off to the side Mike is underneath the, the car with his mechanics they're looking at it um, he comes over he says you know, I can fix it. You got some problems with your transmission. I'll give, you know, he says to Larry, I'll give you the best deal I can. Um, you pay for the parts, you know, I'll cover the labor. Larry's kind of insistent that he'll pay for the whole thing. Um, anyway, it seems like they're kind of having a good thing going. They got some good news and bad news. Do we do that? <laughs> oh, right. Right. He goes, yeah, I got some good news, bad news. The bad, the bad, the, the bad news is your transmission, Right. Yeah, bad, like bad news did some damage to the transmission. Right. Good news is, is my rash cleared up. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. It's a terrible joke. Yeah, dad, good dad joke. But then um, he does say he specializes in these early model power glide transmissions, which I looked right. up, and these are designed by uh, General Motors in 1950, and it's a two-speed transmission, which I think okay. is kind of interesting because, like, I'm, again, we're not huge car people, um, but when I was looking at, like, trucks and Allison got a new car and stuff, like, some of these new transmissions for these, like, automatic transmissions are, like, like an, an eight speed or like an 11 speed transmission. So it's, it's just really interesting like how far motors have come. Obviously you would expect wow. that, but in 1950, like that was the big thing was like, it was a two speed transmission. That's and now nuts. we're like, yeah, isn't it? Right. That's perfect. So. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, that, that is wild. Yeah. So power, power glide, you said they were called power glide. Yeah. Power glide. Cool. Um, 
Right. So, so right. Mike talks about how he can fix that. Like you said, he specializes them. Um, and then, but he asks after it seems like everything's kind of settled, the car is going to get fixed. He asks to speak with Larry privately in his office. So obviously, this is where now Larry knows this whatever this is that is bothering him is going to come up. Apologize if you have to apologize. Just say you're sorry. Just go on and go. I'm so sorry about everything. Larry, why don't you have a seat? I'm, I'm really sorry about the mess. It's kind of our busy season yes. here. Come on, you see my office. Hey, listen, I want to tell you, uh, I want to thank you for that wonderful dinner you gave us Mike, last night. it was my pleasure. No, 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 it was a great time. Wasn't it, it great? The food was terrific. I know, I yeah, know. The I whole mean, night friends, was terrific. I, I really enjoyed their company. They're, they're, very, they're very nice people. I'm sorry we didn't get a chance to play that running charade. Oh, uh, no, uh, this is okay. You know, next time we'll do that, all right? I hope so. Listen, uh, the reason I'm feeling bad is that... Is that on the way home, Maggie mentioned something to me. You know what? My wife home, never, um, never should have, yeah. never should have said that I didn't want people uh, to stay in the house in uh, Martha's Vineyard this yeah. summer. I actually, I was just going to apologize to you for sitting in your chair. That's what I wanted to talk to you about. I thought that might, maybe you should have sat at the head of the table. No, that's I, fine. I, I, I don't no, care not, that you no, sat not, there. Not, not in my no, chair, no, whatever no, you no, want. No, no, I, you it's know your, what? I like sitting. It's your house. I like sitting over there. You should be able to sit in your own chair in your own house. Deal, my chair. Martha's Vineyard. Think I care about that? Needs nothing to me. Let's get back to Martha's Vineyard for a second, all right? I mean, you know, you know, yeah, you know, Maggie and I are going to go there, but that doesn't mean that we're going to barge in and invade your privacy. No, I don't assume that. We've been going to Martha's Vineyard for years, you know. I mean, I've been going there since I was a kid for crying out loud. I know. You'll go. We'll go this summer. We'll go clamming together. We're not going to be doing any clamming in Martha's. Vineyards, Larry. I have friends there. We don't have to impose upon of you for crying out Of course not. Out. No, uh, I didn't suggest that you would. No, no, I think you did suggest it. No, Larry. no, 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 no. I think you're misunderstanding this, 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 this whole thing. I don't think I'm misunderstanding you, you, you really are. Like I said before, it's our busy season. I, I've got some things i got to take care of. If, you, if you'll excuse me, uh, I have to make a phone call. Mike, can I Can I just... Larry, I think we're done and here. I love how Jeff's just like, don't don't even say anything. Just apologize. As soon as you get... Apologize if you have to. Just apologize. As soon as you get... Apologize. I'm sorry for everything. And, he so, kind of, and, and Jeff kind of messes that up, right? So between Cheryl, and we'll get into, Cheryl puts it into his head about Martha's Vineyard. Right. And, and then Jeff puts it in his head that be super apologetic, be super nice. And I think if they weren't in his head, the, the conversation would have been much smoother because you mm-hmm. see Larry trying to be like affable and trying to like, he's already getting ahead of him and right. he's already trying to apologize for what he thinks is weird and what he wants to apologize for. So Right, um, right. Yeah. And Larry, unfortunately, you know, um, you know, Mike, they sit down, Mike thanks mm-hmm. him, you know, for the party, but then says he's feeling bad. And Larry preempts him by saying, my wife should never have said that we don't want people staying at a house on Martha's Vineyard. <laughs> and then Mike's just like, uh, well, you know, he, they were kind of talking over each other, right? Because like, yeah, Duffy had a, like he, Mike Duffy had a tendency to do that even at the party. So Mike says, well, I was, I was just actually going to apologize for sitting in your chair. You know, you're the head of the household, blah, blah, blah said that kind of his wife had like brought it up to him after like they left the party which is like kind of a classic thing right like, hey why did you do that hey, you shouldn't you know? have sat yeah right right so so then larry once he realizes that immediately tries to kind of just like console my oh yeah no worries i didn't care blah 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 like he's going over and above to like be like yeah. don't worry no big deal um but Mike is now perturbed about the Martha's Vineyard comment. Oh, no. now going back to Martha's Vineyard, you know that's a, yeah, that's another thing, <laughs> <laughs> right? And like Larry's trying to like not bring go back to that. Um, yeah. So Mike gets offended that Larry would pre- that Larry presumed that Mike and his wife Maggie would like you know barge in on them and or ask to stay at their place or something to that effect. 
Right. And Mike, it's like a source of pride, it seems like. Well, I, I've been going there since I was a kid, you know. Almost like it's not just you rich people that get to go to Martha's Vineyard, you know, my right. working class fan. I, I go there, you know, I've been going there as a kid, you know. We, we've been going there every year. Um, so he gets, like, offended about it. So I, I can't really – that's the only way I can make it. I don't know about you. Yeah, you just saying that does, you know – but Larry's being super apologetic about – I get where he's coming from, but I don't know why Mike gets so mad, especially because Mike was at fault in terms of he's the one who called and said, hey, you know, I sat at the head of your table. You think you would like one thing go like, you know, to be like, hey, this guy's kind of a jerk. He's like he has his place and nobody can stay there. But like I've been going to Mothers Vineyard like my whole life and like I don't need their guest house. But then I also sat in the front of his, you know, at the head of the house and I overstepped my bounds. So it's like. I'm just going to fix this guy's car and probably be done with him. I don't, you know, we obviously right. are not on the same page. and But right. I think it's, they should cancel each other out. They should be neutral at this point. But yeah, right. he just kind of like keeps going and it's, yeah, it gets really weird. And, and, but then also Larry starts to like harp on terms of like, then he starts kind of like invading on Mike and, and you know, his wife's Maggie or whatever, like their vacation where he's just like, oh no, now we can go together. We'll go, uh, we're going <laughs> right. to go clamming or scalloping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are we going to yeah. go clamming? Right? You're not going to go clamming. I'm not going to Larry, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I just, I love when he, he's like, oh, I, you know, I got to make a call here. I, I think, you know, I think we're done here, Larry. Like he says it's so yeah. affirmative. It's like so yeah, like I said, it was, it was a busy season in our office. I got a lot of, I got a lot of phone calls in it. Yeah. It's right. Like, but then even Larry being so affable when he's like, oh, sorry about my office being so dirty. He's like, oh, you should see my office, you know? So he's already like right. trying to be super nice and bubbly mm-hmm. over. But then, yeah, I just don't know why Larry goes all in and says, my wife never should have said, just let the guy say what he wants to right. say. Right. Exactly. And then react accordingly. It's so strange. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but again, it wouldn't be the show without that that kind of... Of course. There's always a slight, like, moment of, like, non-reality, you know, to make it above and beyond. So, we got to... Um, the last few scenes kind of fall fall quickly. Um, mm-hmm. The last three scenes. So, we have Jeff and Larry, obviously, driving back from Amco. Uh, Mike, apparently... It became clear that he was not going to fix the car anymore. So it's just them driving in silence with the exception of the rattling the and rattling. scraping and all sorts of heinous noises. Um, and then it shows them walking. And I guess they're maybe walking into Larry or Jeff's office. I guess it would be Jeff's office. Um, and they see the homeless guy in the same place again. And uh, Larry asks, or I guess it's just Larry walking. Larry asks him if he's ever been to the food mission on 4th Street, which was this homeless shelter that supposedly the caterer would donate their her leftovers. Um, what kind of food do they serve there? You know, And the guy says, no, they don't. Uh, the only food they serve there is soup and sometimes peanut butter. <laughs> <laughs> and Larry's just like, soup and peanut butter, huh? Um, so obviously they're not serving gourmet food and she's not donating the food there. Um, and then... Larry had all the leftover food from Jeff's house in his hand. So he says, you want this? And the homeless man, again, what is it? He goes, uh, chicken, uh, lorange and, uh, and tuna. No. And, uh, yeah, it was, there was a tuna thing in there. I think. Was there, again. I know there was something souffle. Oh, seafood souffle. That's what it was. I knew it was yeah. seafood. Yeah. Chicken, lorange and, and seafood souffle. And he pauses. Like, yeah, yeah, I'll take it. So he gets like a shit ton of leftovers now that he can just like, you know, have. It's like a great, great deal. Yeah. Um, so 
you know that the scene ends and Larry's just kind of his his suspicions of the caterer are just kind of confirmed at that point, and that's kind of like seems to be the end of it. Yeah, that closes that up. Right, like he knew he was in the right, and this woman's sketchy. Um, so then the last scene is Larry and Cheryl coming back from dinner, um, re- talking about how good the meal was, and Larry goes, "Nothing like a good piece of fish." Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is a strange comment, but Cheryl laughs and says, "Yeah, yeah, they do have good seafood." Um, and then it, you know the the Larry just there's a pause and Larry just goes uh, somebody lost a bet <laughs> um, and Cheryl just unbuckles her smiles or smirks and unbuckles her seatbelt and uh, goes in as if she's going to bend down into Larry's lap and then of course cue frolic that's the show that's the show we made that it. is the show <laughs> um, so yeah of course you know the classic ending of these these this of curve anyway is the circular come back bring it back around you know um of course in this case the blowjob finally we made it to the blowjob yeah yeah finally you must be super pumped about that yeah it's uh it's a release for me to to get to that point (laughs) oh so my question for you is uh is this episode good or would you rather move from covina to downey (laughs) (laughs) uh this episode's good um for me if even if it's only and i honestly the 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 amco stuff is funny um but i for me it's the catering the caterer like she's so shady and the interaction between her and larry for me makes makes the entire episode worth watching um because like the lines that you referenced like you know the, the, the apple turnovers are a mystery to you you know like that kind of stuff is just to me i think it's just yes. gold it's just it's just great a great moment um but again it's partially biased because i think you know topics in food in the food industry are funny because pretty much everybody who works in the food industry is like a nut a nutcase in some capacity so um it Very makes for true. good good comedy yeah how about you uh yeah like i kind of said before we went on is just um yeah, I thought this is definitely climbing out of that rut that we had, but um, yeah, just a few, the I I still think that how the episode ends is a little messy. You yeah. know, it's the last part of like the resolutions, like the three final scenes are like it's probably what a little over a minute between yep. the car clinking and whatever the him giving the food and then them just being in a random like the car from some dinner. I right. feel like they could have tied that to bed better together where they were leaving someplace together that was already we have dinner plans this other night like there was nothing right. um i mean that ties it up because that was the the bet um right but then even it everything covers with, every base the place where they were going where they met the homeless person is that jeff's office i think so i think so because earlier the, on in the episode that's where they were walking out of i think yeah <clears throat> yeah he was telling about the chevy right. and then they went into that place but then the next scene was larry david's that was the David's house. So I'm just trying to figure out, like, to meet... <clears throat> I know it's just a show, but to meet the same homeless guy in the same spot to give him food. I mean, I know it closes the loop in terms of, like you said, like, where is that food going? Right. Um, <clears throat> but could have Larry have been driving down the street and, like, seen, like, the the mission? You know, like, the Scott's right. mission and, like, seen and him asked. out there and, and asked or whatever. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I know we're running out of time, but it just seems like, like, maybe we cut more of the dinner party or yeah. like you know the whole scene of like the sour grapes movie like is that really like needed right um, Good point. so just I don't know obviously we do these things to kind of jump into it and be critical about certain things and 
Um, so that's what I'm trying to do, I guess. But the dinner party was cool. We've all had those boring conversations at a dinner party. You and I were with our catering background. Like, that was yeah. really funny. And I just think, like, Mike's character is just, like, you know, that Chicago, that real fast-talking. Yes. You know, he was kind of jovial and, like, everything right. that he does at the dinner table. Like, that, you can't overlook that. But I, right. I still kind of shake my head and get so confused with, like, how he gets so heated. How he goes from wanting to apologize to then getting so mad at Larry for something little, like... Right the Martha's Vineyard house when they already right. had their own place to stay exactly. that he's not even going to fix the, he was going to do the, the job with no labor cost right and now it's like get the hell out so yeah. it's like you would yeah. think that maybe Mike feels the same way like well yeah I probably wouldn't want people staying at my house like if I wasn't there or whatever yeah like you would think that if he has a place there like he would then kind of be sympathetic to Larry not wanting people random people being there right right you would think so yeah but I mean overall like you said like I probably I like this episode more just because of like our yeah. well, our work history but right. other than that I'm looking forward to next week's episode when we cover uh, the beloved aunt oh my god what a what a <laughs> what an episode because we're gonna meet Cheryl's parents and they're right. they're amazing they're amazing and uh, yes. it's all very good and Cheryl's sister uh, Becky yep yep and the boyfriend um, <laughs> dude it's so good this is yeah this would be a good one yeah, and the, yeah the this is where we're getting up yeah 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 for sure yeah so anyway yeah looking forward to that man all right well we'll be back right. soon yeah see you guys bye do you respect wood is not endorsed by hbo it is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only curb your enthusiasm all its names characters and audio clips are registered trademarks and or copyrights of their respective trademark and copyright holders 